Oh, God. I think we already started the podcast. You want to just do the late intro? Yeah, late intro. No, that's on. That's recorded? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> All right, start, fine. Start, then. Start yes, Dan Homan, one of the most legendary professional BMX riders, and over the last summer... Got to hang out with you a little more and a human being off the bike. You're a true inspiration on the bike and off the bike. And I'm glad to say that we are friends now. And welcome to the Unclick Podcast. Thank you, Dennis. I yeah. appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having me. What the me. fuck are you doing in San Diego? I haven't even asked you. It's my fault. Um, yeah. we. Uh, you got him here? <laughs> yeah. Was this traction coffee money? <laughs> no, 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 no. Still got the traction coffee. We, Aiken is a tra- traction guest. I'm waiting I'm waiting until Aiken can come to San Diego. Okay. That is, I'll, That's I'll amazing. That. But uh yeah, Van, and uh, we did an interview with Van for his new role at Source, and they hit me up I about Van it. Van why he's here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. The guest. <laughs> Remember, it's uh, Van. Let me We've done our podcast already this fuck. summer. Yeah, um, yeah so <laughs> I, I mean, Ryan was getting there, but uh, yeah, so I, I have a new role with uh, Source BMX and uh, doing some things for them, so I think like kind of as part of trying to just kind of promote what i'm doing for them um we kind of talked to ryan and you know just thought it'd be a good idea to get out here and while we're out here we're going to be doing a little bit of work for them as well doing some bike checks with some guys that are here and and uh yeah i'm sure we'll dive into the the details of exactly what i'm up to with them but uh that's the general concept yeah so source and our bmx work together yeah yeah source uh i mean it seems like you do a lot of stuff together yeah honestly shout out to source because even when we first started our bmx they were one of the ones that kind of came on essentially at the same level that they were sponsoring at ride when we had like nothing when we were starting with nothing so it was like fully backed you yeah so they came on and they like you know, because in the beginning it was like, how long can we, can we make this work? You know, and they helped like fill a huge box and be like, Hey, this will work. We back you guys, etc." Um, so, uh, we worked together on a bunch of stuff and they were like, Hey, can you ask Van some questions, you know, do a little interview thing. And I was like, fly in for the podcast, <laughs> you know, oh, but yeah. it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work out at that time, but then we just kind of continued the conversation and then, um tom had the pretty good idea honestly like i didn't think of it that fly man out here he does a podcast i'll go around with him for a couple of days we'll do some bike checks it's a win-win for yeah, everybody multi-purpose so, yeah so um yeah i guess we'll dive right into that part yeah. i mean that's what my role i mean generally uh i'm just helping them produce product content so the idea is um just to kind of help people understand the products better and you know, um, in a fun way and also like in an informative way. So, um, you know, I always use like forks as an example, like you have all these offsets for different forks and like, you know, the average person is like, what, what does that mean? So they kind of explain like, what, how do I want to ride or how do I ride? And then help you understand like what's right for you, a 32 millimeter offset, 25, 15, you know, and, and, and just kind of provide that information. And that's just one example. But, you know, even like James Cox, who does a lot of the edits for Source and things, he used to ride for S&M. He's been riding his whole life. You know, if you're not paying close attention, he, you know, he's like offsets for forks. I, yeah. This wasn't happening when I was riding. So mm-hmm. like, which, you know, after I explained it for the Source piece, he was like, oh, I know which one I would buy now. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. kind of the idea, a kid just getting into it or, um, yeah, just just helping people understand. So that's... um that's the the general goal so we're uh just yeah filming a lot of product videos and i'm doing a lot of like written reviews that are kind of like a side blurb on the on the website so when you're shopping there's just extra things to click and look at and just 
help help the buyer know what what part is best for them that's amazing that's huge for source and a perfect job for you it's like something that nobody would ever be able to have that knowledge unless you've been in bmx for (laughs) as long as you have no, thank you. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it so far. At first, I was a little bit confused as, as exactly what we were up to. I was yeah. like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, but now that we're kind of getting using into using you to inform everybody everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now that we're getting into the groove of it, it, just you know, we can have a lot of fun with it too. It doesn't have to be uh, dead serious all the time. We you know doing a lot of the bike checks, which are really fun, and we try to like let them be a little bit loose, have some humor, and and. Uh, you know, and then we try to keep everything quick and short to the point too. You know, I, I think kinda... you relating, like talking to pros and up and coming riders with their bike checks, everyone's so comfortable with you. Like I've been watching them come out on Instagram and stuff and they just look fun. Like huh. you're just messing around with Gary and little Suski and they're just like, it's perfect. Ah, uh, thank looking, you. Looking good so far. No, thank you. That means, that means a lot. Cause that's, that's the goal, you know? And, and yeah. like I said, again, we want to keep everything like short and to the point, like you can read all the specs, like whatever, 4130 chromoly, this metal, this, this angle, this, but what does that mean? To what, me, even the I barely angle, know. The bars, like, the height of the be, bars. I like, always need to be reminded when I'm like, you know, when I was switching to Odyssey, like what's all this mean, you know? And then they tell you like, what so, is it? What is a bottom bracket height? How does it affect? Yeah, the right. You exactly. Know, like, that kind of like thing that, it makes a difference. And I think we even want to get into, to, uh, yeah. And I hate doing that shit. So yeah. shout out to you. Because yeah, you, I've, you've had to do a lot of I've that. Had a, I've done some stuff. Yeah, I literally, there's, uh, there's a guy that literally hassles me on a weekly basis to do a tire explain video that I've been saying I'm going to do for six months. <laughs> like literally, Sean Garrison, I think is his name. And I literally know his name. Like, and it can get challenging sometimes because sometimes I'll be just writing up. And it's like, like you said, a tire, for example, like everybody's making the same tire now so like what makes these tires different so that's what i do my best to decipher like how is this tire different than that tire or you know whatever so just how how did the relationship come about um so basically i mean i finished the work that i was doing in tokyo Mm -hmm. for the olympics and i came back i came back to the states and uh wasn't really sure exactly what i was up to next um and i had a really good relationship with the source guys from actually going to the first battle of Hastings in like 2016. Um, at the time I just like sold my house and I was just kind of like floating, floating around. And, uh, so I ended up staying in Hastings for like a month after the event, just chilling and hanging out. And, uh, so I kind of got like close with those guys then. And, uh, we've had a good relationship ever since. And then when I got back from Japan, I was, wasn't really doing anything for a while. I was just kind of chilling, see what, see what came up. So I started just kind of feeling people out that I, you know, thought would be good to work with if there was an opportunity. And, um, it just so happened that I had talked to Tom when, uh, uh, at Swamp Fest, I was just put the feeler out there. I was like, Hey, I don't know if there's anything, but you know, if there's anything that you think might fit me, I'm trying to figure out what's next. And, you know, didn't necessarily expect to hear anything back, but then a few months later, he came to me and with this with this idea, <laughs> like we made so, you a job, yeah, yeah. Like basically, yeah. yeah. So it was a pretty pretty amazing, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And at that point, so, the Olympic thing was ending for you, or was there an opportunity to keep doing? Because you you a lot of people, I'm sure, know through Kyle's vital interviews and things like that. But you were like completely working for the Olympics, right? Right. So I was living in Tokyo for three years. Originally, yeah, it was supposed to be. Insane. Yeah, that's another whole epic story yeah originally it was supposed to be two years but the pandemic made it ended up being three because it got postponed so um so you stayed there through the pandemic too uh i was back in the states during the worst of it for like okay. five months but then i went back for 
so I was there for like maybe a year and a half or a little more than that. And then came back here for five months and then went for like another like 14 months Damn. or whatever. So, um, what were you doing fully over there? Like what was the exact? We'll be right back. Hey, sketch comedy fans. If you like unapologetically uncensored comedy, check out instant microwave fuzz recorded every week, hot and fresh and straight out of the microwave. Unscripted jokes, uncensored guests, you're going to have a lot of outrageous improvised sketch comedy fun. You can find us on all the platforms under Instant Microwave Fuzz. Comedy made in an instant. So my my role, my title was the BMX Freestyle Discipline Manager. That doesn't really mean anything to anyone. But For like the BMX, whole Olympics, though, like BMX Freestyle and Discipline do not go together. So so BMX I was um, discipline. Discipline <laughs> yeah. means more like know, BMX as a discipline. Like <laughs> it might sound better in Japanese. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, basically, I was just handling a lot of the logistical aspects of organizing organizing the event for the Olympics. So. We had That's a another team. crazy job. Did like you just it literally, throw that out there, and someone's like, "Oh, we made you another job. You're gonna do this. Like, what? How do you get well, that job? God. What is that? Maybe, yeah, maybe we should rewind to the two by four days, and then uh, you know, <laughs> oh, like, like literally, it's like it is one a of lot those of things. Stuff. He's been this yeah. pro bike rider who's dropped the heaviest game changing video parts, but in in the middle of all that, he's out owned a bike shop. Didn't. BMX freestyle discipline manager in Japan. <laughs> now he's working, made his own job at the source. You, you know what? If, you know what it is, and this may be fast forwarding a little bit, but it's like you could. The common thread between all of those things is work ethic. I know. You know what I mean? Like to do a, to yeah. do a, a, as many fucking video parts as you've done over the years, and just to push through certain things, and it's just work work ethic to create a bike shop, to do all this other stuff. Like that's all it is in a sense. Yeah, you know? I think so. I think and you're I think right. he's good at everything because yeah, like. Like, I think me and you have talked about Van before. We're like, if you're going to give it, like, when he sends everyone out, the Nora Cup thing, like, why'd you vote for this person, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're, when you do it, you're going to do it right and yeah. proper where everyone else is like, I'm going to get this done real quick. Boom. Like, yeah, Van's going to stand there and yeah. do it right. And yeah. you're like, all right, everything he does is pretty damn legit. I think that that's a compliment. Well, thank you. Sorry for all the compliments. <laughs> no, keep them coming. Let's go. Yeah. Shower me. But I just love that, like, you are just this. You can be like just criminal mischief, game changing Van Homan, but like knowing you as a person and getting to know you better over the summer, I've got to like learn that about you, and it's uh-huh. really inspirational. Well, thank you. No. It's not that the jobs find you; you just have that so, work ethic, and people want to do stuff no, with you. Thank you, but no, I was like it. It really the timing was good. Like I, I think like that opportunity came up because uh you know obviously i'd been riding professional professionally for a number of years and that you know you could feel that the writing was on the wall that kind of winding down and you're like the that like idea of like what's next is kind of haunting you and i was going into the japan yeah Yeah. leading into japan and you know i would kind of help my friend out at his wood shop sometimes i was still making money from riding i'll get some judging gigs you know so i was just kind of piecemealing everything together to still kind of make a living and um and then I had been doing, I'd been judging a lot of events and I was judging UCI events and I had consulted with them about some of the formats of how the events would, you know, run and, and, uh, definitely a lot, a lot of the, the, the inception of a lot of the judging stuff. We had a lot of judges meetings and conversations about, okay, how's this going to work and, um, what have you and like training, training courses and everything, uh, 
uh, just trying to make sure it was legit and as transparent as possible. Who's, with who's in charge series. of the training course for the judges? So, I mean, that got brought. I mean, now, like Dave Cleworth, who is like that, everybody, his na- nickname is Hank. He's like the head oh, judge of Hank. a lot yeah. of these yeah. events. Um, he's kind of taken a, probably the the most lead role as far as that stuff goes. He's like, he's very organized. He's a good judge. He knows numbers. He knows like, so he's really, he's really good at it. Um, and he's really good at like, um, teaching people basically what, how the system works, of course. And he's a BMXer, you know, um, he was never professional or anything, but he's, he's one of us, you know? And so, um, uh yeah so like i was just involved in in all that stuff um we could go down so many rabbit no, holes yeah, right we now. will we'll circle yeah, back eventually like yeah. but um olympic judge yeah. too and still are and you do yeah all well actually i was not an olympic judge I was actually, judges uh, I, judge. I, yeah. yeah i judged the world cups Pause and that. some I'm of the world championships i could have been an olympic judge but i was working on the actually i was really happy <laughs> i was actually really happy that i was doing the job i was doing in tokyo because you know for something like that you're probably only going to get you want for the olympics you want to judges from each country so me and kaczynski are the two main usa judges for the like world cups and the world championships and stuff so like the odds of us both doing the olympics were almost zero because they wouldn't want two Mm. usa judges on the panel so the fact that i was like working on the olympics in the way that i was it was pretty cool because then me and brian both got to be there and both be involved and you both be part got of jobs it. instead so, of one getting cut out yeah exactly totally. so one of us would have been sitting at home if i wasn't doing the role i was i was doing so um that was kind of cool but but anyway all that stuff led to um me getting a call one day like i got a call from kevin at the uci and bart de jong um and they're like hey like no promises right now but there's this job if if uh you know if it was offered to you would you be willing to move to japan and i was like mind if i sleep on it and that i woke you know after thinking about it just for a few hours i was like i have to do this this is like this is what i've been waiting for in a sense because i feel like i was trying intentionally to like take advantage of any opportunities that i had and just be involved like whether it's whether it's x games or the or the feast events or or you know any brands like just say yes to everything and Mm -hmm. and solid advice your connections and your your involvement like you said if you if you work hard you do a good job that's got to lead to something eventually and i was like here it is this is it like mm-hmm. you know because yeah, at that moment all the experience was like okay perfect yeah like it led you to that job and that job was like meant for you yeah so there was no way i was saying no and i mean i was just i was really excited to be involved i was really excited to like open a new chapter as far as work and i also really embraced the opportunity to to experience another country and another culture is in in that way like we've always traveled but living somewhere for that amount of time is so much different than just yeah. taking a week or two week trip so you learn any japanese yeah wow i can't believe you said that about dennis that's amazing um <laughs> What uh? You know that about me, and you know Japanese. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I picked up a good bit. I'm actually really proud of. I think you like, you know, to to learn a to learn another language. You have to consciously make an effort. I worked with some people that were in a similar position as me, and you know, you could just see that they made no no effort at yeah. all. And 
you know, I just was always asking questions. Like my friends, we'd go out to the bars or we'd go riding. And just if I heard a word a lot, I'd be like, what does that mean? Or if I wanted to say something, how do you say that? And mm-hmm. I would just put tons of notes in my phone and I started using an app and things like that. And um, so you, you can know, communicate in Japanese fairly well. Like, wow. I, I mean, I certainly Three like, years. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, no. I'm definitely not fluent by any no. stretch, but like if I, if I meet somebody, I can, I can talk for about like it's pretty predictable like a new conversation so i can like talk for like three or four minutes before i like when i realized i was getting decent is when people started just like talking to me as if they thought i could really really talk and then i would have to just be like you lost me and that just means i'm sorry japanese is difficult yeah (laughs) like so i would but like they put the brakes on it but i like that's when i was like proud of myself i was like oh i must be getting good if they actually think i can do this for real (laughs) um but what you really embrace the Japanese culture? I love for three it. Years, love it, man. Like I, I mean, I met. Did people. you want to stay at, at any time? Were you like, I should just? This is an amazing place. I'd like to stay. Or were you ready to come home? No, I, I, I wasn't sad to come home, mm-hmm. but I certainly like under the right circumstances, I wouldn't be opposed to staying there either. I really did love it, and yeah. I made like like lifelong friends, and I I just really loved the culture, and it was almost like revol- reverse culture shock coming back here mm. because I got so comfortable. Like you know, three years isn't a short time, so it became home. Yeah, it really did. It really did become home, and uh, you know, I just I I also enjoyed. Strangely, I was sad to leave the job as well because I really it was such a major shift from riding your bike professionally for so many years, but I I enjoyed the structure of it. Like I enjoyed like actually going to work every day and like working nine to five and working on a project. And we had such a rad team that like this was shocking to me. Like they actually let me and leaned on me to to build the team that that I worked with. So, I mean, it was, you know, other than two people that I inherited who I whom I also came to love. But like most of our team was BMXers. So it was really rad. Like, I don't know if you know Peggy, like mm-hmm. Peggy, he's like one of the main street guys over there in Japan. And then Hiroshi Wahara is like a flatlander over there that I met through Chad DeGroote originally. Have I been originally. saying his name wrong this entire time? And then, Uwahara is always, is that wrong? Yeah, it's like more like Wahara. Oh, like crazy. like the U okay. isn't so sharp. Right. But but um, but uh, yeah, and then like Ken Junickel like helped out a lot mm-hmm. who does like jig distribution over there. Broke like his they, arm. They broke, like, I broke his arm. You broke Ken's arm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Felt really bad about that. But, Sorry, uh, Ken. Yeah, and then yeah, just just now I feel like I've said most of the team. I need to shout out to Takashi and yeah. Kotaro as well. Like, um, but uh, yeah, we just had we just had like an amazing Col- team. Kotaro and, is a flatland dude. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, yeah, like just people. I just loved working with the people I worked with, and they were passionate about what we were doing, and they wanted to do right by BMX, and they understood BMX, and so it was uh, it, it made it really special. I felt really lucky that they I like because to me that tripped me out like I you know obviously I hired in and we started we started working on the project um and then over time like okay there's like kind of like a hierarchy of like different jobs for different tasks and there's a timeline of when you bring those people in and they're like you know who asking me like who do you think you should hire and you know if I had no advice we would go to HR and they would they would find someone but you know, I did have people to recommend and then it just kind of snowballed. Like it was like, okay, well let's bring Hiroshi in. He can help me with this. And then like, next thing you know, it's like a whole team of BMXers, which is the way it should be, you know? So I felt like it, it worked out really well, you know? And you kind of, are, you owned your own bike shop. So you've kind of already did something similar in a way. 
with employees and creating something, but it wasn't like a structured nine to five necessarily it was because I'm getting at this was like your first real like job where you had bosses and things and the bike shop was, was something like that. Right. But you were your own boss still. Yeah, I guess just in the sense, I, I feel like the bike shop was probably... A, you definitely, it's not your first business venture. You did, you created your own bike shop that was badass with a team and made DVDs and stuff. Yeah, so I think, yeah, like in that respect, I think a couple things there is like, one, just being organized. Mm-hmm. You know, being organized and having leadership skills, I think are, are two important things for both of those things. So I think yeah. the stuff I did at the shop probably helped helped in that aspect. Um you what know. was the difference in the shop though? Were you saying like you liked the structure of it? Did you not that was the shop because you were the boss and ran everything? Probably just the of? clock in and clock out aspect, I yeah, assume. But, yeah, I, I think there's two things. I mean, one one, I think there's see, like when you own your own business, I think it's it's a a blessing and a curse because you have everything to gain, but you also have everything to lose. You know, so uh, okay. You know, if the business is struggling or whatever, and also at that time I was still trying to be a professional bike rider as well. Full so, on in the two by four days. That so my like, time was really sp- spread. Yeah. I, I couldn't always focus 110% on the shop. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know. It was just kind of nice to, to, to work on something I was passionate about. I felt like I was good at it. I was working with people I really enjoyed. And, and it was like, but at the same time, it was kind of the first time I just had like a steady salary that yeah. I could just like, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, True. without know. being a pro too. Cause that was a great point you had. Like that might've been one of the main differences with two by four in the Japanese gig was you're not full pro bike rider anymore because during two by four, you're running a shop, but you're also like thinking about, you got like two bangers in mind. You're probably getting over the weekend and then going on a trip wherever, you know? Yeah. It's like trying to, you're spreading yourself way more thin than when you're like, all right, I'm just going to, Focusing you, on this one job. It just felt comfortable. Like, I, I always worried about money. Like, it, it, my entire BMX career, I feel like I had moments. I mean, I was never, I was always doing okay. But I just feel like it was always more stressful in that sense. Like, you know, a, we talked about that you're, in the Mueller you're, podcast. You're just piecing it together. Like, you're just yeah. piecing it together. So, like, even, I mean, maybe in the early day, early years when I had some really good years, it was like, but it always felt like everything was... Um, like had an expiration date and it like you you're always like trying to figure okay like and and you have to be really self-motivated as like a professional bmx rider so you're like okay what what should i do next what trips next what video parts next like and you're you're just you're always thinking about it and again like even sponsorships everything feel like there's an expiration date so I, i i don't know it's just a different it was just a different level of comfort i just liked that i could just go to work I mean, every day and like uh, and just go to work and then when i was done work i'd do what i wanted to do it and it's just way more simple uh, yeah like, go to yeah, work was. that's your paycheck it, instead yeah. of like ah oh, what am i well doing as, this right? as, am right. I doing this wrong? as somebody that kind of like my my job and my life has been kind of like on both sides of it you know where i've had the office job where you have to go into a ride all the time and i've had a job beforehand but it was I've always joked that like, hey, I'm just going to fucking spin out, lose my... This is literally a joke at, during the ride days. Ten, ten years ago, I'm going to fucking lose my shit and I'm just going to go work at Jiffy Loop. And I'm going <laughs> to like... And I'll get the job... I'll be off the fucking clock. I'll be covered in oil and then I'll go have fun. You know, and it'll be work and I won't... It won't be this blended mix of like all-consuming life that yeah. becomes that becomes work and it is the same now for me where it's like... It's 8 p.m. You know, like I I'm working. I think for a right lot now, of like know, pro like bike like riders that. or people like you that yeah. creatives, like that 
job is actually like probably way easier and way more relaxed, but you don't get that creative you know, reward. reward. Yeah, you lose your shit in a different too. way. So I just like, lose a different part of my shit. But that job's perfect because you got to be, have this structure and comfort, but it was like, sounds really cool. Was it real? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. Was it rewarding in the end? Like, besides the team building thing? 100%. Like, yeah. like, can you give me a you weren't working at Jiffy Lube. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. It was still something I was extremely passionate about. I was working towards building the first BMX freestyle yeah, event yeah. in the Olympics. So Can it you was give me like, something to be proud give of. Give me an example of something that was going in a wrong direction until you came in and changed it. Um, just really, really basic things sometimes where it's important. I mean, just something as simple as the position of the judge tower. Okay. You know, like, okay, where, yeah. you know, where do, where does this need to be? And, you know, they're going to tuck them up somewhere where they can't see anything and just, you know, waiting, you know, waiting for the, the course design. There's a lot of things they were trying to do before they had the, the uh, course design. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, well, you can't really do these things. This isn't a basketball court. This isn't a uh, soccer field. This, you know, this isn't always the same. The course is going to be different. So that means all the elements around the course need to need yeah. to be adjusted accordingly yeah. and the people at the olympics have no clue they would put the judging tower here and then the vert wall g- might go up right in front of it yeah yeah you know, or they can't see they can't see the landing of the spine to be totally honest that was one of the biggest problems and i mean this would have got fixed one way or another someone would have figured this out whether they knew bmx or not but um you know they were trying to design the grandstands and things like that before they had the course design so then the course design came and the the course was like four meters tall and the grandstands were like three meters tall so like <laughs> people were saying so obviously yeah. that got fixed but yeah. like you know these um you know these are just but yeah they don't know they don't know that something can be four meters tall it's it, when you're it, it seems like so uh obvious to us you know and you have to be that guy that goes hey slow down you know like that, that's interesting in a, in a sense like how uh not difficult but difficult it is yeah. and explaining why well and even you know g- g- just another thing you because just you're asking about stuff that like when i first arrived that i was changing you know like the staging area they had kind of like back behind the stands as if these people were going to be like released yeah. like from from coming nowhere out, coming out space, the wrestling like, arena like oh, yeah yeah oh, with the like, snake on them and st- durs with a snake on them and shit like, you know yeah. and i had to explain <laughs> something as <laughs> simple song yeah. and i had to explain explain something as simple as like oh no no this needs to be like right up near the course the other riders are going to watch they're going to hang out yeah, everybody's yeah. going to watch each other ride cheer each other on and just even just explaining that camaraderie i think like something that in in our world in that olympic world that every a lot of people have commented on and i think that we understand and appreciate about bmx is that camaraderie that everybody's kind of you know even if you're competitors you you want to win all those guys are there to get olympic medals but like there's still a level of support in bmx that i don't think you see in a lot of other sports especially olympic sports so true, true. i think yeah, it's pretty probably cool notice a lot of that riders like genuinely clapping when yeah. someone did a cool run when they're like yeah oh, no, not many other sports do that yeah, so it's not action sports for sure. It's insane um, how much shit goes into the Olympics. Like it's oh, yeah. just a bunch of countries like fighting for like a medal next to their name in each sport. Is when you boil you could boil down you boil down boil down NASCAR. So there's all these people going around with fucking alcohol and cigarettes yeah. and dick pills on their on their car going around in a left hand circle. <laughs> but there's so much money. There's so much like, money involved. Whereas like these these countries just 
pump a bunch of money in so it makes them look like the most athletic country. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all it is. Like NASCAR, they're making it's fucking all, Marlboro cigarettes it, money every time that car goes around. You it's know? all nationalism, basically, right? <laughs> it's all to make your yeah. country look like it's a shit, yeah. which is what like it, the, it, who has the most funding to pump into like these sports to get a medal next to is, is Speaking of, is, sake is Darden doing anything again with China? Uh, or, or no? Mine, I mean, I shouldn't, I don't... M- the last I heard, Rob was doing stuff with USA with like Team USA now. Oh, like cool. I think he's helping Ryan with the team. But oh, nice. But I shouldn't really. I don't really no, know the details, so I shouldn't know. speak on someone else's what they're up to. <laughs> okay, but, so but yeah, I think Rob's done with China, as uh, far as I understand. Yeah, that seems like a whole other saga. Yeah, um, yeah that's for a Rob Cock. What a podcast. yeah, that's. <laughs> probably pretty interesting so you came back from the olympics everything got done how weird was it to kind of be at the olympics but then like nobody else is there um yeah i mean it was obviously yeah. sad that there was no yeah. no audience yeah. um that part was kind of like, like normal at that point in life though you know like all the events yeah. had no people at um like you just yeah nothing there's you're just building grandstands yeah That's so like, i mean that part no <laughs> that part was that part was sad but um i mean to be honest i didn't i think I was so ecstatic that the event went off and the event actually happened and everything went well. And I mean, it was a pretty, a pretty special feeling after working on a project for three years, especially through a pandemic. And then, and then everything, everything comes together and works. I mean, I think that was the most exciting and rewarding part, like all this planning that you've done for years, like when people actually started arriving and like everything's in motion and all the, all the people on your team are doing, whether it's some delivering ice or sharing information or or whatever it's the shuttle showing up on time that you you know you've been scheduling uh, all these things it's like wow it's it's working it's happening it's it's going on like i know that there was a point where like i didn't have anything to do like at one point and i'm like that's because it's that's because we did it right yeah that's why i have nothing yeah. to do right now it's all working so it's like it was that was that part was really cool i have a question that i wrote that's down trip yeah how much goes into like making the machine work in yeah. every sport and you were and it definitely gives me a new appreciation for like any event I've ever been uh-huh. to. You know, like it makes yeah. me way less likely to complain about certain yeah. things that might arise like during an event, you know, or yeah. maybe more likely because you know, oh, yeah. yeah. depending on which way it goes, yeah. I guess I guess I could be like, you might way. know how easy some things are for you to manage. And you're like, how the fuck is this not working right? Like, I could appreciate how hard it is, but I could also be like, they need to be doing this. I yeah. don't know. So. Uh, why the fuck is there no street, but there's flatland in the new Olympics? The um, upcoming Olympics. I don't know. I, I don't know. Exactly. No offense. No offense to flatland. Well, actually, but flatland seems... is not in the Olympics. Yet. No, no. So, okay. but the scratch, but I, oh, I, I'm going to take another sip of the beer. Every time I say something stupid, I have to drink. It, Even it, if it was though, I could probably vouch for that is street contests aren't represented good at all for bmx they're always on some recycled little skate course where flatland contests are usually like amazing they're like the best show i thought flatland was crowd no so uh, as far as i somebody told me that Uh, for flatland is not in for france from what i understand so um i think it was pitched they i think they wanted to get it in um flatland is under the uci umbrella like they have like a uci world championships and world cups and things so if something if there's going to be another BMX event in the Olympics, it's going to be Flatland. Like, I don't even think... Oh, any... shows how much I know. No Flatland in the 2024? Yeah. Those Flatland like, contests are amazing. Like They are amazing. That. They're yeah, amazing. amazing. Like, yeah. they... But it just, se- it just seems... It seems the like... The energy that they have. Like, you could argue so beautiful. that, like, next to Vert, that Flatland is, like, the least I don't know, though, dude. Flatland Versus Street? I, I, 
Well, street's huge, but I'm saying what I my point was like street contest. Street's the shit, but street contest, there isn't any good ones. They're all sh- dog shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm There's just no good about. street contest. There's great jams yeah. and stuff, but as far as street contests go, you watch that and you're like, dude, why the fuck that it doesn't have like? Yeah, they're not even riding courses made for BMX at all. They're yeah. riding like these shitty little recycled street league courses, and it doesn't make BMX I street agree. look. Well, that great. Well, so that's I a, guess I had a very dumb question. Well, I guess no, it's a great two, question. No, no, this is no. a great question because I guess that leads me to like a few points. Like, first of all, like this kind of makes your point and your point at the same time. But like, if if street was to get in, in theory, that would help there be better Hell events. Yeah. You know, they'd, show, they'd make a real course and it'd be like, oh, right. this looks sick, like the no. old X Games. Just how like whether you like the courses or not. You know, like, I mean, I think I personally really like the park events that are happening that move towards the Olympics. Like, I love, obviously, I love bull riding. The Vans Pro Cups were amazing. But in my opinion, when it comes to, like, an Olympic event, I think th- that's what I think True. is right big for the Olympics. Ramps, it's like you know, big ramps, big tricks. Rezzies, like, like yeah. to I'm, me, those those are the guys. Like, I, you can disagree. I, I well, think I just, I right. just, like, I just I think don't. Those are the guys. But as far as Olympics goes, that does make the most sense for BMX because it's like 1080s, double this, yeah. double that. It's like it's almost that style, you know. Whereas, like, I just don't like that the park doesn't exist for somebody. Like, there's a we have Claremont, luckily. But outside of Claremont, what giant wood parks are there within within hmm. within eight hours of here? They're worldwide, and, I guess. Is yeah, it, it just to. doesn't exist. So it's like it's like, like making this riding maybe is not like, in Southern it's California. It's like it's like making mega ramp in in the Olympics. It's like okay, so it's just this unobtainable thing. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. taking an extreme. That's a good point. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And it's and it makes it so it's just like unobtainable. Like it, and it's like it doesn't necessarily represent for like things, but yeah. also like. A lot of shit in the Olympics is unattainable. God, too. Modelo just makes me argue. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I see. <laughs> not arguing. I see no, your I point, and I think there's a lot of cool directions that you yeah. could go with it. A lot of arguments that could be made. I mean, I think that those ramps are in the realm of of what exists, and yeah. I think that doesn't mean you know, I don't that, like it. That it type of show, I think, in my opinion. Here, but. Worldwide, for what it's huge. you're sharing you're sharing with the general public like if it's limited like sure it'd be great if there was dirt and bowl and and park and street and yeah, flatland yeah, yeah. but that's that's not realistic so like from my perspective i think what about vert van <sighs> i'm just messing around you just didn't list vert you listed everything else <laughs> I could, i'm gonna say something really controversial right fast now. and but, fast here, yeah that's, that's, that's yeah, some people yeah. like i think like Obviously, vert is insane, and I respect the hell out of like what anybody does on a vert ramp or any of those guys have done. But from like a creative aspect, like I think it's kind of boring when the ramp is always the same. I think, in my opinion, like whether it's street or park, like BMX, part of it is the terrain and how you adapt to the terrain and how you use it in an original way. Mm-hmm. So I personally don't like the idea of an event that you can practice your run 365 days a year. I like the idea of you having to show up and figure out that park or figure out that mm-hmm. street course and like adapt to that. To me, that's a huge part of, of BMX freestyle. And yeah. like, I mean, I'm not saying it's the only part. I'm not saying like, don't get me wrong. I respect the hell out of vert. But like in that respect, I want to see guys like, a bowl contest or a park contest you can do those tricks like put a big quarter on there and you can still do all the tricks you could do on a vert ramp so um you know that might yeah 
I heard some, somebody said recently that like Vert isn't dead. It's just it's just transferred into like the fast and loose dudes. Like, and they are the Vert riders of these days. Like, it's not necessarily like trick based. It's like it's kind of what you're talking about. It's yeah. it's taking Vert riding to all these different obstacles and all these different parks and riding it in different ways. Yeah, but yeah, Vert riding. A whole other. That's a whole a yeah. huge topic, but. It was just huge at a time where there wasn't that many good wood parks, not that many bowls and stuff, and it was a ramp that people could ride. Yeah. And now it's like, is that really what I want to get into? When you have all these options, yeah. you're like that one, yeah. I can't even bail. I can't hang up. There's like, <laughs> there's a knockout around every corner. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a savage, no, I mean, savage, yeah. savage sport. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's insane. It's mental. It's what? Insane. Uh, I mean, watching you, anyone who got good at vert, you're like, Whew. have you had the Olympic conversation with uh, like Trey Jones? uh <laughs> because he's been he's been like he did a podcast a few years back about just like fuck like not like fuck the olympics but fuck the olympics like that it was not like, like this is not olympics, th- but fuck the olympics. yeah effectively like he didn't say that but effectively that's what he said okay. it's like it, when i want somebody to find bmx i want him to find swamp fest because swamp mm-hmm. because swamp fest is to me is what bmx is i'm paraphrasing trey and then not the olympics and i you know i think it's blah 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 have you had that like type of conversation with anybody has there been any like outspoken because, you know, I feel like you you broach that that conversation because your van is the real street, street lord, dude you know, BMX like, who yeah is working for the Olympics and helping the Olympics do cool stuff. It's yeah. like ah, you're asking him the question. Sorry, yeah. no, that's fine. That's <laughs> like yeah, I mean, of course, of course, there are, you know, there's people that aren't a fan of of the Olympics and things like that. In my in from my perspective, it's just one more opportunity that that people can take advantage of and can gain from and can, can share BMX at a given opportunity for BMX to be seen. Um, and I think that all those things can coexist. My personal feeling is that it's not taking away from anything. Is there stuff that frustrates me about some of the bigger events or working at the Olympics? Of course, you know, and that's why I am happy to be there to try to get everything on track as best it can be. Um, but uh yeah ultimately i think it just creates more opportunities and i mean especially like i don't know i don't think it's a coincidence of like how much we've saw like women's freestyle flourish since the olympics and i think it's like i think that that is a direct result of that Um, olympics like yeah vans pro cups i mean the general i think most people yeah bmx yeah the vans pro cups vans Vans pro cup and olympics made helped women's bmx just double yeah in the last the women's event was better years. than the men's yeah no year. it was a, it it was was a nail biter like, yeah, yeah it was, it was amazing. amazing i was glad i had was a mask amazing. and sunglasses yeah. on because i was tearing up like That's i was awesome. <laughs> <gave me laughs> goosebumps. i was like no way this is happening like everyone knew everyone like hannah won all right boring contest uh, yeah yeah hannah didn't win yeah crazy. <laughs> and the run that won was epic. no it was a change the game charlotte's run yeah it was intense yeah um, so yeah I, I think i think all these things can coexist and i i uh i don't think there's any right way to say that like bmx should be this way or that way and you know i'm i embrace all of it and i think you see things too like you you know you have guys that i I can't think of a specific example but there's so many riders out there that were like oh i i got into bmx because i saw dave mira on the x games Mm -hmm. and they don't ride anything like dave mira Mm -hmm. or like the x games you know Mm -hmm. some jibby street rider but that's how they that's how they found it you know so no that's cool um feel like i just have a controversial questions uh so you judged you <laughs> judged fun. yeah you judge you judge feasts a lot a lot of feast events right yeah. <laughs> um when i we did that overclicked 
uh, podcast, uh, Battle of Hastings, that one year. I don't know if you were there that year, COVID year. Okay. Um, I, we Ruben sat down for a bit, and I was like, "Oh, you judge a few events," and mm. he's like, "No, nope, not anymore." Mm. He's like, and then he basically said that he thought he could affect change and make the contest better, and and he realized that he couldn't, mm. and he and he pieced out on it. What was he talking about? Um. um i don't know i mean i guess you know it just uh you know maybe maybe ruben had different opinions of the way that he thought the event should be run and that's that's fair i mean it's definitely fair to say that any change at those events is slow yeah and a lot of red tape um you know that's that's not unfair to say that it's any change is slow and there's a lot of red tape um but you know, again, I think it's a that's a trade off for some, anything that's going to move into that realm. You're gonna you're gonna get those hang ups where it's you know when you get that support, whether it's X Games or whether it's a do tour, something gets big. There's gonna be there's gonna be red tape and the his his voice went so much lower when he was talking <laughs> about that. Um, I think it was I like really I understand it. So Ruben he, went in there and Ruben, wanted to I think he wanted to get rid of the the perf- the idea of perfection like it needed to be perfect that there was like some sort of like window at the end to like it doesn't hurt you but it it can help you type thing you know because there's that idea of like the guy does a perfect run and then he does the fucking uh the useless ass flare on the on the very end of his run and he puts a foot down okay and then and then he get and he's like oh, blew his run at the very end there on the flare you know like the flare that was like a foot out of coping and it's yeah, like, I think I he was trying like that's to like an easy way for judges when it's like, oh, thank God you yeah. can throw him out because yeah. he put his foot, but it's like, dude, you put your He's foot like, down yeah. within that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when there's people that good though, and you do put your foot on that course within the 60 seconds, it's a, when this shit is Olympic style riding, it's like, yeah, yeah you just fucked yourself yeah. over. Like, I mean, that's the, way, the, the level, the level is so Don't high. Don't do the now. flare if you're going to slip yeah. the pedal. I, I mean, I, I get, there, we just, there is an, I, I understand that argument and different events can be judged different ways. Sure. But I, I have to say that I've like embraced that w- when the level is when the level is that high and those guys are that good. Like Dennis said, I mean, when they start making mistakes like that, that's gonna that's gonna separate these guys because yeah. they're the other guys aren't gonna make those mistakes. I mean, if everybody was making those mistakes, well, yeah, then you're you're comparing one thing to another. But I mean, with rare exception, it's not like the guy who did the perfect because i mean you still can i mean there's guys who get into semifinals or well they'll have a crash or a mistake and they'll still beat someone who did some mediocre generic generic mm-hmm. run so that can still happen like the the quality over just not messing up you yeah. know yeah. um a so, bunch of sixes but all of a sudden, like trick wise yeah but it's yeah. definitely harsh i mean a crash is is gonna be harsh i mean you could have and i maybe that's what maybe that's what ruben didn't like um you know but i I, I personally have have kind of embraced it. Like I like that these guys understand. Like I need sixty seconds, a full pull, it needs to be perfect. And I actually to to be a hundred percent honest, I brought that up in, in one of the meetings. I think I was on the other end of that argument. I was like, we were kind of discussing that. I was like, hey, like, you know, this is something that makes it easy to separate these guys. It's one thing that like we haven't gotten any complaints from the riders about. They, one of the few things we haven't gotten any complaints about the riders about, they all understand it. They all know I need 60 seconds and I can't mess up, Yeah, you know, and no, they, I don't think they mind that. I think, okay. I think they want it. I could be wrong, but I, I personally think that the riders want to see a full pool, 
like how, how hard is it to judge somebody like Peraza versus Logan? That that's that's where it gets tricky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's where like even in the Judge Tower, there can be you know when you have like creative original lines versus some of the hammer tricks. I mean, that's where it gets really really tough sometimes, and that's where the judges might even clash. And I think that's why it's important to have five judges and five different opinions up there. Yeah, and every contest is so different. Like the Ruben thing compared to what you're saying is like they're both amazing points, but there's different contests for different things, you know? Yeah. Like the judges need to know what this contest is about compared to Vans, um, like that, the waffle cup where it's yeah. like, yeah. the falls don't matter. It's what you yeah, land, it's you know? A and there's yeah. sick contests for that. And that's, yeah. they, that's why they're a 30 minute jam. You go and tell you're like, you yeah. can't move anymore. And that's amazing. It's a yeah. whole different thing than this run that you've been working on these tricks for three months and then you get there and like they better be perfect and then again that just adds to my point that these things can coexist like van's waffle cup can be there and be amazing i love what you said earlier like the with the tray comment and you know swamp fish is bmx and it's sick as fuck but there's like 20 things that are bmx you know 20 different like niches of bmx that are all bmx and they're all sick like and and you know and that's like i i appreciate like what you said earlier too just me being involved because that's like i probably am kind of in a rare category where like i i love what's happening with those events and i love what's happening with the olympics and i'm insanely proud of like what we contributed to um in tokyo at the same time i'm i'm gonna be a swamp fest with my tent in february and i'm gonna be drunk yeah having a good time (laughs) so you know it's like you know like it can both happen you're in the streets in philly with us like two weeks ago just hanging out like yeah. enjoying while we're riding the street just kicking it with yeah, us. yeah. Like, uh, fixing rails for like, fixing rails in the middle of the night yeah literally like <laughs> tell me that story uh so um that's a good story yeah it is so we were um there's this there's this there's this how much can i tell people not tell not, okay. tell so there's this spot know. there's this we thing say there's a spot that there's was fucked up and i wasn't going to do it because it's too dangerous how it's fucked up and we we're drinking and van's like it's been my dream to see you do that man and i'm like i can't i can't huck this it's just the rail the spot is so, so this, is a down, this is a downtown philly thing it's in philadelphia not downtown not out, downtown. outskirts way outskirts okay. across the bridge i think my name would be in philly who knows no okay it's a different clip than i was and then van's like you said like you and Delecky wanted to fix the spot, and I was like, "If you guys fix the spot, I'll do it because that is so epic." Yeah, and Delecky's the, the concrete master, so like oh, we yeah. just like next thing you know, we're in Delecky's car going. Well, home it, was it was even better like, than that. It was even better than that. No, <laughs> drunk Delecky right? doesn't drink. Me and Van were drinking some whiskeys. That's how it all kind of we got pumped <laughs> all over this, and we we shook hands. And Colin's like, is I that got why this. your hand is hurt still? Yeah, it's been months. <laughs> the hand broke. A couple months. Uh, we shook hands, and Colin's like, I got the dinner. Don't worry about it. Van takes his napkin, spikes it like a football, and goes, "Let's go." <laughs> and a couple hours later, they sent me a picture of the spot, all cement, like made little cement volcanoes, like twenty of them. Because the rail is super wobbly. Like, oh, so and like now, big. now I got there the next day, and I was like, the spot could withstand a nuclear bomb. I was like, I got this. Is this is happening now? But it wouldn't have happened without the. Delecky too, so shout no, out to shout, that. Yeah. shout out that to you a, and Delecky. That epic. is a great story. <laughs> and Losi actually was in town for some reason, and Losi meets Van and Delecky, and they're all helping with this spot. And I'm getting pictures like, <laughs> holy fuck! Me and Foley were drinking. I'm like, I'm really doing this tomorrow. They're fixing, these legends are fixing <laughs> yeah, put the, this spot. Put the drink like, down. Like, yeah. oh shit! <laughs> no, I think I drank more. So I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I might die tomorrow. So fuck it, let's have another one. I literally said that to Foley. Like, let's stay up a little longer. This Okay, ready. I'm going to enjoy life while it lasts. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, that's awesome. A good yeah, same, the same long, guy who's 
running the a lot of internals in the Olympics. Is that yeah, there? I mean that's at midnight after a few whiskeys. You were like the night. you were like the Swamp Fest mascot for a couple of yeah, years there was too. I? Yeah, no, I mean you had the best li- quote about Swamp Fest. How did? yes, that night I think you were like, dude, I love Swamp Fest because you know everyone kind of knows me and I just get free breakfast and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Walk around getting you're, free You're breakfast. blowing my cover. You're blowing my cover. No one's going to do it this no. time. They're all going to look at me yeah, and they're right. going to look at me dirty. Feed band. <laughs> no, I would like, <laughs> like, I get free food. Everyone's fucking dope. No, I would walk around. <laughs> that was a good total different direction. Oh, he totally, he totally sold me out. Free he totally uh, sold me out. I would just like get out of my tent and I like, I wouldn't have any food or anything. <laughs> so I would just like walk around. I would just walk around like to the different camps and like eventually someone would be like, oh, Van Homan. I'd be like, yo, man, what's up? Like, I'd come over, hang out. Like, you want a beer? Yo, you want some bacon, some potatoes? Like, they've, everybody's cooking Hell breakfast yeah. on their plates. Yeah. And like, so I'd be like, oh, for, oh, really, man? Are you sure? Like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on Mischief. Here's some meanwhile, bacon. Meanwhile, like, totally my this plan This is going to be even better. Feed Van Homan, and he'll kick it with you for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's good. yeah. Uh, Van- <laughs> He's like, I'll yeah. just get a t-shirt. Yeah. Feed me. <laughs> free beer, free food, please. I'll hang. <laughs> Van Homan will eat your food? <laughs> not save us he'll eat your food oh yeah, yeah. oh man uh, <laughs> oh god all right where do we go from there um Couple oh yeah can you get me into the olympics i'll do my i'll see what i can do all right it's really yeah we'll see <laughs> it's tough it's tough we can get creative sometimes after though. i just spent like 20 minutes kind of half talking shit about the olympics can you get me in <laughs> another so, another yeah. van story over the summer this a thing that we haven't even talked about me and you my back was hurt and you were just chilling and we were ended up drinking just me and you had a weird low not weird it was actually dope your local bar in state college or wherever oh yeah we, we, were, we were staying out there for the summer yeah i was like you we were staying were, out oh, there yeah. i was at summer. Woodward that's what i wanted to talk about like you were in, doing woodward for the summer yeah oh, really yeah, madison so. just living the life out there yeah so uh <laughs> Van's big summer vacation chasing a fucking penguin around it's kind of funny <laughs> he was just kicking it he's like there's my house like right off the side of the road like right outside of woodward yeah we were based at camp i never thought at 42 that would be my first time like living at woodward all summer but what happened was is uh you know like when i was again when i was kind of fishing around for like what was next i um i looked at some of the jobs on the Woodward site. And I was like, well, maybe some of these work. I don't know. Like, and I, I asked my girlfriend, I was like, Hey, if like this, I don't even know, but if this worked out, w- would you even be willing to consider like moving to, you know, this camp Bump for the summer, order, yeah. you know? And she was like, I don't know. And then she started looking at the website and she was like, well, actually like this job is like exactly what, like what I went to school for, what I've been looking to do. Like, so like, yeah. So she applied for the job. Meanwhile, I kind of decided like, it wasn't really the right fit for me. And, um, so the next thing you know, like she's working at camp and I'm, I'm just, like he said, chilling Billy Madison style. Just like, <laughs> yeah, so you didn't get the job. I bet no, 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 oh. I wasn't working there at all. <laughs> and, so I was it, just like, uh, <laughs> like, a, like I would just come in and ride every day. And, uh, yeah, eventually, like I think after a month or two of being there, that's when I started doing the source stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we just, we were just posted up. That was like our home base for the all summer. And now she works there, uh, uh, like year round, but she can work remote for the other eight months, and oh, only wow. needs to be at camp for those four months that's in session. So. She literally got a job at Woodward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, awesome. I 
I, for any of the Pennsylvania locals, I said State College, but you're in like Milheim, like yeah. a tiny little town. Yeah, like Aaronsburg. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Aaronsburg. And I'm taking like one of the golf carts up. One of the employees was giving me a ride somewhere and they're, uh, they were talking to me and they're like, oh yeah, we know a BMXer. Um, we actually work for his girlfriend. His name's Van Homan. And that's why I was like, what? <laughs> but, yeah, she was the boss. Yeah. So you guys are going back next summer too? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I will be going back because actually, yes. here we go. Here's the perfect segue. Dun, I'm dun, dun, dun. moving to France in March for a year and a half to work on Olympic stuff again. What? So yeah, yeah we're back. At, we're back on it again. That's in why France. I asked. Oh, because yeah. the last one was in Japan. That's why you lived in Japan. Yeah, exactly. So same job. So this now is in, in Paris. Yeah, so similar you, job. Not exactly the same. You didn't similar. think Damn. that was. You didn't so think you, that was going to happen. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to happen because the the the. Uh, yeah, long story short, I didn't think it was going to happen because one job I applied for, I I didn't get. And then I so I kind of thought it wasn't happening. And then they hit me up about another role. And long story short, it all worked out. Same what? job or something a little different? Yeah, what's the uh, role? Practically the same. Yeah. Wow, man, congrats. Yeah, dude. Thank you. So Paris? Yeah, so Paris for a Fucking year and a half. Lucky so dog. Just Japan kinda... and now Paris, France. Those yeah. Are great places <laughs> pretty wild so yeah those aren't the worst oh, yeah. places in the world to live so those i'm excited great. when do you sorry when did you move when do you move march march oh that's coming up quick so feb yeah. so swamp fest recover from hangover yeah. free yeah. breakfast straight to straight croissants. to paris pretty much yeah, yeah. free breakfast yeah. in paris so you so you can do this job and the source thing or? yeah so we're gonna oh. like i talked to the source guys and uh, i'm gonna do the source stuff remote and uh keep that rolling as well so nice. that'll probably help build a little bit of well the scene in france is already amazing but you'll get to kind of do some interviews with french riders yeah and, hopefully like, yeah. pros bikes and it'll be good i'm close to the uk and close yeah. to they have a warehouse oh, yeah. in germany so i'm close to you know so kind of actually closer than yeah. you are now yeah so it should Damn. be should be good what uh what's your official title um, I guess technically, I think I'm the technical operate the BMX Freestyle Technical Operations Manager. Oh, okay. <laughs> freestyle technical BMX Freestyle. Wait, I lost it already. Organizing. BMX Freestyle. Why do they call it Freestyle BM Freestyle BMX? Well, they call it BMX Freestyle. Sounds better in France. What's what's French? The, I don't BMX know. Freestyle Freestyle BMX. What's not, the difference? It's not BMX Freestyle. Dave Mira. Dave Mira's <laughs> BMX Freestyle. It's free. Are like, we discussing what's our sports called right yeah. now? Yeah. What is it called? Freestyle BMX. Do I not Why is know it called BMX? Bicycle motocross? It's the worst <laughs> name ever. And it's a thing we do. Like, no one ever wanted to change it. Like, um, okay. The technical operator? What was it? It's, this it's, is, I'm, I'm drinking beer. Stuff. It's the same stuff. Just the, logistical, logistical, logistical <laughs> planning. Skinny. Very similar, similar role is okay. what I did previously so yeah, it's actually the pre- operator you answer the phone when anyone calls <laughs> <Yeah>. bmx freestyle <laughs> this is van hoven speaking i answer it for all your questions it was actually very bizarre to do some of the interviews for the job because um i i actually knew what i was talking about uh-huh. <laughs> and, mm. and i just feel like it felt very strange like because when i first started in tokyo i had no idea what i was doing like yeah no i remember asking you before no I remember Peggy would laugh at me because I, we would go riding. We would go ride street on the weekends. He'd be like, "Oh, how's the new job?" And I just like, "I have no idea what I'm doing." Mm, like, yeah. <laughs> I literally had no idea what I was doing at first. I would just go into work and I would just delete emails. Like, if the email wasn't in English, I would just delete it. And I would just like, that's all I did <laughs> for like, like Google Translate. That's all I did for like a month was just delete emails. <laughs> and like, I mean, obviously, eventually I figured it out, but it was a, it was a little slow. So now, now to like really understand the the job and the lingo and like to do an interview and like 
it sounds really stupid, but just to like know what I'm talking about, to have like a resume that actually fits the job you're interviewing have you, for. Have you talked to yeah, like that one prepared yeah. you for this one? Exactly. Just to be an easy interview. Yeah. And now, boom. That's awesome. Got another dope job. Uh, did another you get paid? One. Did you get paid all through the pandemic too? So you got five months of paid while you were there or while you were back home or no? Salary, man. Yeah. No. Okay. Kind of, yeah, I don't feel like going that. <laughs> that was my decision to kind of come back back here during that. Oh, okay. So they were like, "Hey, like." there was like right when shit hit the fan and they were like they even told us before we left they're like hey like if you leave and you get stuck like you're it's on you yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's kind of what happened Understandable. So. um so you get to put a, a team together the whole thing again or yeah i mean well i'm sure like every every organizing committee is slightly different so we'll see like exactly what they have in mind and how how much influence i can have on that type of thing but uh yeah i'm sure like as you know as we as we start to build the event, we'll probably be bringing some other people in hopefully. And, um, yeah. Cool. Is it, uh, what, uh, I don't have any questions I'm trying <laughs> to find one. Do you have any questions about the Olympics before we move on? No. Okay. Uh, Moeller talked about a Schwinn check that was floating around the internet. A was that check? Yeah. Was that or a Schwinn contract that was floating around the internet and how much money it was in his, in the podcast that you, heard most uh, of i must say i must not have got what, to that part who's yet. who's whose contract was it i don't i don't know i didn't hear that part what are we Who, talking what, about with the, what the what he said we talked about a schwinn contract on the left and the last podcast we just did with Mueller. yeah it was he said six thousand dollars a month in the schwinn contract it was you were there was i uh, yeah it was, wasn't mine all right <laughs> how much you get paid from schwinn back in the day uh i think i only was making like uh did i even make I don't think I made more than twenty five hundred a month. Oh, wow. um, I like. I actually had a really weird been Foster experience. Yeah, Foster. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think I was there. Foster would have definitely been at least six. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no way. Like yeah. some of those guys were making crazy money. Yeah. Um, because my my contract was relatively modest because I actually I signed like a three year contract and then like within the first year of that is when I like kind of blew up. And um, I just went from some like kind of random mediocre dirt jumper to being like like some of the videos coming out and like winning Nora Cup and like, you know, kind of kind of changed really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I actually talked to them at one point about renegotiating my contract and they were like going to give me give me more money and they had all okay if you sign like a three-year deal we'll we'll change this and blah 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 and somewhere along the lines is it's hard to even remember who and all the details at this stage but they insinuated that like me getting my raise meant that they would have to drop some guys and like that whiz was like one of the guys they were dropping and i was like like I don't know Dirty. if this, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know if this yeah. was like like strategical. Like I, I still think about it to this day. I'm like, like first of all, the, the amount of money that Wiz was probably making was like next to nothing at the time, you know. Like so, it probably wasn't really affecting anything. Yeah. And I'm like, was this just like some trick to get me to not? Well, like, I, I really still don't get it. But at the end of the day, they were like basically saying they were gonna fire my boy so that I could get a raise. So I was like, oh, no. I was like, I, so I told him, I was like, I don't, I, all right, I don't want to resign right now. My contract's done at the end of the year. I'm just going to finish out the year and then see what my options are at the end of the year. Yeah. And then in that time period that I was kind of riding it out, things actually started to get like really, really sketchy oh. with Schwinn. Like it was just like, you could tell something was wrong. And uh, 
you know, I didn't know that they were about to file bankruptcy and like the whole program was about to be done, but I was just like, I'm over this. Like they're not even doing anything. People aren't getting back to me. I don't know what's going on. So in the meantime, I had seen Robbie like in Long Island, I think, and we got talking and like, was like, all right, let's like, let's ride for fit. So like, I actually called them and was like, Hey, can I get out of my contract? Like now I want to ride for this other company. Like, and, uh, they were like, we'll get back to you. And I think like a little bit of time went by and then finally I got a phone call. Like, I think it was like a month or two later, like they called me and were like, Hey Van, you're like the first person we're calling with this information. Cause you're going to be the only one who's not completely bummed to hear it. Like you're, we're like ending the program. You're free to ride for fit. And like, who, who's on the team so, at that point? Like, so it was like in that phone. So call? there was like, yeah, there was a lot of guys. So it would have been like on the, on the like race end, which is like actually weirdly, I was Stumphauser. I was on the nah, it's not, no <laughs> Matt Matt Polecamp. All right, Matt Polecamp, Brian Foster uh, is like Wiz, me, um, but then they had like Joey Garcia, mm-hmm. and then on the freestyle Biz. end was like Jamie. Yeah, Biz was at the very end yeah. there. Yeah, Biz Biz was the very end, and like then on the freestyle like Jay Miron, Ron Kimler. Um, what other heavy hitters were like um, on the? Was Pova the TM that was on one of? So Pova was the Pova was. The, I like just talking about Pova every every podcast. Pova we still there. haven't done one. With I know him. Pova was to. the freestyle TM. So it was actually okay. weird. There was like two different teams. It was like the the freestyle team and then the race team, which the race team included the dirt jumpers as well. So I was actually <laughs> on the race team. Like so, like me and Wiz and Biz and like Pat Juliff back in the day, we were all technically on the race team because we were brought on as dirt jumpers. Like, and then, um, (laughs) makes sense. And they actually used to get mad. Like (laughs) Kimler and those guys used to get really mad because the freestyle team, part of their contract, they had to do shows. So they'd be like at fairs and stuff doing these weird (laughs) box jump shows. And like, we didn't have to do that. So they would get really tight. Is it because there was like dirt contest at races? And they just yeah, put I, it think, together. I think well, I think it just because, got lumped yeah, together. It, somehow. It's because different budgets and yeah, yeah. it's because racing's on dirt and dirt's on yeah. Dirt. So I don't know. So it makes perfect sense. But yeah, Pova was the <laughs> freestyle TM. I was like, that's <laughs> so funny. Weird. And then John Paul was the race TM. And then towards the end, I think actually like Lou Caparelli was was the TM oh, yeah, that took over that for John Paul. But um, yeah, it was like when I got who kicked you off though? Who called you? <sighs> was it Caparelli? No, it wasn't. It was like the the more. Oh, corporate guys yeah, yeah like the lawyer or something yeah yeah the lawyer <laughs> well i mean fell upward obviously so that's i'll take it i'm not yeah. complaining yeah. yeah no i mean i'm happy to like it worked out it worked out good i mean you know because all that kind of stuff is like temporary anyway you know so like any kind of like schwinn it was it was never good you know i've been on fit for 20 years and i'm yeah. still still get taken care of and still get love even working you know moving on from action i don't consider myself a professional rider anymore but yeah it's rad to still get that support when did you when did you draw that line uh, i think it, for me it was official when i got the job in tokyo so i i like consider 2018 was my like last year where i considered myself a professional bike rider and mm-hmm. after that i i shifted gears and i'm like all right i'm working on this now and like anything i do as a rider is just for me and is for fun like i don't feel I still do stuff because I still like to do stuff, but I don't feel obligated to do anything for anyone as like a, you know, as a sponsored rider, professional sponsors you because you're van and they like what you do for fun. Like they're not like, we expect another holy fit part out of you or something, which is 
great relationship. Right. I mean, I think just like what they do for me still is like it for me, it's a really good feeling because it's just like a, you know, it's like an appreciation, I think, for like the the commitment that you've had with the brand for years and like what you're still actively doing yeah, in the know, industry as well. You're out there still well. doing it. Like, you know, so I think like you that, don't have to always film those parts like you being Van who you are now and showing people the riding you love and that you're so tied into the industry too. It's like a, you know, I'm sure they appreciate you just as much as you do them. Yeah, you already filmed the best video of part of all time. You don't need to film the second best video. <laughs> what part video too. part is your favorite of all the video I parts you filmed? Answer. Is it Holy Fit? I uh, asked Van. God damn it. Is man. it Holy Fit? I know the answer to this question. <laughs> um, He's going to say a different answer just to spite me now. Trailblazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's entirely funny because that was like, but I've, I, you know what? I've never seen Trouble. No, I've never seen so it. Daryl Now video, yeah, that's right? His first, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. the first project. It's but. still insane that Daryl Now made uh, Seek and Destroy. I just, it's just, you don't think of, you think of Daryl Now as, uh, and help film Criminal Mischief too, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Daryl didn't was, have any part in that. Oh, no. no, 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 I think, yeah, was, no, he was just Seek and Destroy. Yeah, just Seek and Destroy, but yeah. Um, favorite video part yeah. that you filmed. Uh, I, the I whole guess, world thinks the answer is criminal mischief. I'm sure. No, I, I guess so I, groundbreaking. I, I would have to say holy fit actually because I love that part because you answered his question <laughs> properly. <laughs> He's answered it in another podcast. And <laughs> so you're proud of knowing that you've heard the, you've heard the answer. Good job, Fudger. I do my research, Dennis. <laughs> no, and I think uh, I think the reason I think I've asked him this at a bar before. <laughs> I knew too. Oh, the reason it's for, for the me, listeners, man. I mean, both Criminal Mischief and Holy Fit, I'm like extremely proud of. But I think Holy Fit was m- much more of a conscious effort. Like where Criminal Mischief, like we were just out there doing our thing and just going for it and just you know like sending it and it was like just happening. Like, and this is a really special thing about it. It was happening organically. But at the same time, I didn't even like really grasp what I was doing, you know, like, so it didn't like there, you didn't necessarily appreciate it as much where like, and then all the other projects throughout the years, there was always some type of sacrifice, like, oh, like I'm piecing all these filmers together, or I don't even know who's going to edit this or, oh, we got to have approved music. So the song sucks. Like, you know, like whatever it was, it felt like there was always some kind of compromise. And then Holy Fit was like, me and Stu were working on this and it's like, I kind of knew that was like, I wasn't done, but this is going to be my last part in this, like to this capacity. Yeah. Yeah, so okay. I was like, I'm giving this 110% and it's going to be like the best part I can create. And like Stu was just as committed to the project as I was. So it was like to have somebody that you're feeding off of throughout the whole process that's filming you and like, you know, you trust filming you, you trust editing the video. Like that was like, that was special. So then to kind of do all that with someone that I was been friends with since I was 16 and, you know, create that video and create that part. And then to like win a Nora cup from it, it was just like a really special moment, especially like, you know, to after like, you know, winning some Nora cups, in the early 2000s and then you know like a 10 11 year gap where i never expected to be on that stage again like the torch had been passed you know and then to be like back up there and like have that appreciation from my peers and you know it was like so i think like just everything involved and i mean even in the middle of that process i compound fractured my leg like you know was it the whip right 
just a, it, was? it was a whip down like a five stair. Oh, really? was like, I, you've never seen the okay. clip. I don't right. think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so like, you know, we filmed for a year and a half or however long, and then I had almost a year before I could ride at full capacity again and then filmed the second half of the part. So, I mean, I don't know if it's three or four year process, something like that, but like, crazy, you know, was, how old were you when you filmed that part? Holy fit. Um, in my thirties. Cause I, I guess I was 34 when the Nora cup. So yeah, I guess I would have filmed it from like 31 to 34, 30. Yeah. And then was X games, uh, real BMX. The only video part you filmed after that full length. Yeah, I mean that's the only like that's that was real BMX. After that, I knew I was hundred percent done with yeah. that type of riding. Like, I mean, I've filmed stuff since then. Like, I loved the edit that I did with my my uh, boys Peggy and Dice K. Uh, yeah, Moto Bunka edit. But I mean, that's just that's more about the spots. It's yeah. like chill riding. So I like I still want to do stuff. I still want to produce content. But yeah, the real BMX part, I was like. I beat myself up filming that and I was just like, never again. Like yeah. this crazy, crazy send it shit is like, like it's, I'm putting it behind me. Like, this is like, that was like very clear to me. Like where when Holy fit, it was like, that was my last part, like full part like that. But like, I still got stuff in me. Like, you know, I still got some send it stuff. And after, yeah, after real BMX, I was just like, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> I'm going to die. If I keep doing this, feel like the, it's <laughs> over. It's over. The fun factor was done. Like for sending it, you're like, yeah, just- yeah not worth it because at a point i think you've stated this to me before but there's like a point where you have to accept that you're not like you're you're sending it and your skills with riding aren't going upwards anymore and you have to like you know they're plateauing or just be stoked on the tricks that you do because you don't have the the time and you're not putting that riding amount of time on the pedals in anymore for sure no and that i mean that i think that's a really smart thing to consider too is like if you're gonna try to send it in that way, then you really need to take care of yourself. And I can't claim that I was taking care of myself <laughs> in that way. Like, you know, like, um, you know, you need to eat healthy. You need to cross exercise, yeah. stretch, you know, whatever you do. Like, you need to do that kind of stuff if you're gonna safely maintain that level of riding. And I wasn't. I was just like, oh, I can still do this. Put me in coach. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> we're not doing any like, like <laughs> you didn't do any maintenance and you were getting Nora Cups at 34. Like that's badass. Yeah. That's you know? I mean that it is a it is a, a Cinderella story in a sense. Like even to the point where I you know, when we talked to Garrett gave you the award. Garrett Burns yeah. gave you the award. And when when you we talked to Garrett about doing it, got him the ticket. You ended up winning. And I was like, are they going to fucking, as soon as Garrett walks out on stage, like, cause it wasn't planned. Yeah. I was like, as soon as Garrett walks out on stage, they're going to be like, man one, you know? And I'm like, fuck, like, <laughs> like in that sense, but it was like, it made, it made the moment even better, yeah. you know, like it was like kind of a full circle type thing. And it was, it was cool. It was because as you said, like it is hard to, it's hard to win an Nora cup, but you can win them a couple years in a row. But if you, and then you step away for a year, and then you win it again. Yeah, that doesn't happen you, very. It, often. it does not it happen very often. A couple times. I, I, that's it's a it's a very. I think it makes it more special than like, you know, the first and that one would be the winner. You know, you probably have a few, couple, a bent one and stuff like that. <laughs> but you know, it 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 was it was really cool. Uh, thank you to experience. Definitely a special me, moment so. for me. And like you said, getting it from Garrett uh, Garrett Burns is yeah. like the. Yeah, couldn't have been. Couldn't have been. That was a good day. That was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. <laughs> what was the video part where you did the 
yellow tire ride to pull over over pegs, like super high hop. That was was that stay fit? That was no, stay I think fit. that was stay fit. Yeah, I, I love that so. part. Thank you. That's actually one of my favorite clips. I feel like that part was like the, maybe the up rail and then pull and it pulls to. Oh, it's a it's a flat yellow rail and it's like it's pretty skinny and it's a tire ride and then he has this oh, massive pop yeah, yeah, to yeah. over pegs. I just feel like to me that part was almost like. I can't say the prime of your riding, but like you can even see it in that clip, like the pop and the balance, like everything. Like that was like you at like most fit, mm. like Van Homan. Thank like you. The most, no pun like, intended. No pun intended, but like the the form that you're riding. No, that like, makes that, sense. That the, level, the, was the, like, the confidence. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I think no, I think that I think there is some truth to that. I think that um, yeah, that was actually kind of what was that like 2008? I think or where was that 2010? I don't know. Or was that you're probably like in your late 20s? Yeah, maybe? late 20s. But I think you're right. I think I was like. I was riding a lot then. That was like the two by four era, and like even even if I'd be at the shop, I would go ride like every day for an hour and just like going through like I don't want to say reps, but like there was just certain things at my local spots that I would like make myself do every day, and like you know there was like I was riding a lot of street contests then too, Mm. so I like was a lot of things that maybe I would have done once, like like and filmed it and then maybe not done it again i would like do it a lot because i would go to contest and have to be oh, dialed with oh it. i got a tail whip over a rail today yeah. okay like like where i might have just filmed the tail whip over the rail but, oh i got that i've done that in my life and that's mm-hmm. i'm done but then next thing i know i'm like i can casually tail whip over rails because i'm doing it all the time and, yeah you know so i think yeah i think you're right i think i was in good shape i think i was confident at that time but, and uh no thank you i that part always that song kills me in that part you hate that song i can't stand it which are you pulling it up i'm trying i want to hear it again because i can't even remember the song like specifically the song literally says i'm so bored and when i hear that song that's how i feel (laughs) (laughs) i'm so (laughs) bored and it i yeah i never noticed the song i just love your riding in it and just like oh thank you could tell it was all just like this kind of it's just hard shit but you're doing it everything looks easy you just ma- like, yeah. Who edited this? I think Rich Hirsch. Rich Hirsch edited, edited this. Yeah. This was one of those things where, like, I mean, I think Rich did a great job considering, considering he was just thrown a bunch of footage and had to have approved music mm-hmm. and everything. But this is one of the things where I said, like, I feel like there's compromises. You know, like if I'd have been, I, working, I like this song. I never listened to the lyrics. Just yeah, cool. Yeah, Rich. Just, Rich has such good style too, though. He's such a like an aesthetic person that yeah. uh, you know, like locked in aesthetics. That he could be one of the few people that could pull that off. Mm. Has your tail of like nothing, like you're saying, just you got contest tricks that you just do unlock and the look street. at that squad you had at that rail right there over Derek Duster this <laughs> ah, I love that this, clip this, this one, one my, this is the I one this is maybe yeah. my favorite that's the clip part, right honestly. yeah that's a clip yeah no one does bar over pegs yeah I'm gonna say this is my favorite van part thank you no, I just always like I always like the footage in this, but I just never liked the song. I think that always killed it for me. But I guess that's all subjective, you know. Like you said, you you I liked it. I never listen so. to the lyrics. I just like the sound well, of it. Well, it's not just lyrics. I just like I just net. I I'm the opposite of you. I don't like the sound of it. Uh-huh, like I mean, yeah. not that I don't like the song, but I don't like the song. I don't feel like the song complements the writing. Okay. Like you know, the whole video. This whole video was like Richard's vibe, and he had like you. Yeah. Like you said, like he had everything. Yeah. Like he, all these songs kind of went together in a way. Yeah. Well, and, and that wasn't the hate on. Like was I said, I think that's the name of this video. Yeah, that was a good video. 
and I didn't want to say that to like say anything bad about Rich. No, like, no, Rich it. was just throwing footage. Yeah. He had to edit this video so fast. I drove by and, this like, spot, and in it had to I think. I was, all be approved like music. Canberra? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, driving me so like, "That's the man spot." Like, How the hell is this in Canberra? I have no clue. Um, yeah, my favorite part, my favorite van part. They're all great, but I, that one to me stands out. Thank you. Okay, I have more blasphemy questions. This one's actually blasphemous. I, was, I actually wrote that down. Uh, Kona Gap. You slipped a foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> what are you going to do about why it? Why didn't you do it again? <laughs> Actually, I think Losi told me not to. I'm not even on Losi. <laughs> did your foot touch the ground? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fucking drags a full all over shin, the place. Full shin drag. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. Nobody it. ever talks about it. Yeah. I, was like, I, I was like, I feel like they would have talked about it in the video. Didn't like, you land in grass, I, too? Well, I mean, yeah. Didn't you land in grass? Yeah. So who the fuck cares? You can... <laughs> it was before the grass rule, though. That was kind of before. Been a rule, Fuck a grass rule. Yeah, everybody yeah, landing grass. I'm, hey, you landing grass. It's like your feet can slip too. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? There's no rules. It doesn't count anyways. I mean, why even fucking leave the house at that point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I just uh, I don't care what you do. Landing grass. Blow the I feet. don't know. I was. I. I. I lived. I guess I just took it. Like I. Uh, I remember doing it and like briefly. Like I think I. I, I I think I do remember saying to Losi, like, ah, oh, man, should I do that again? Like, he's like, no, 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 it's like, it's good, it's good, don't worry. Like, that's like, so yeah. I re, I re, um, number so, four. Number four. Of all the road fools? Number four, uh, slip foot, foot slips. God, it is amazing. Fucked. Dude, I, re- I rewatched this entire section because I was like, I didn't want to take this video as like, this was the entire segment. I, it's been years since I've seen this. And uh, dude, the overall riding was incredible in this video. It just in this just in this session. Oh yeah, alone. Yeah, Wessel up on the roof. Yeah, and, yeah, just dude. heavy. All this, dude. Who? <laughs> that's so. You didn't need to do it again. Yeah, Losi was right. Yeah, I'm good with it's it. It's a road pool. It's a session. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that was sick. No regrets for me. Has anybody else? Has that, anybody right? else jumped it? Is Kona still like the same? I part? actually, I actually, I, I'm. Sure. I know, I know, like a dude on a motorcycle recently jumped it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right I think, I think trey posted that and i was like abd <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh i know i i had this is uh i'm gonna like pump up my own ego you here. do do like, it you fucking I, deserve it i remember it. there was like a cfb like right after this and i remember like alistair witten trying to do that gap uh-huh. and like crashed on it like once or twice and then like so I don't know if he like just got loose or underestimated or what, but like afterwards he's like came up to me and like gave me props because I like he he basically bailed on it like just trying to jump. Oh it. really? So like he was like gave me a shot. He like was like, dude, you're fucking crazy. So I was like, hell yeah. So yeah, I'm just pumping myself up here. No, that was I sick. Has no nobody else? Has anybody else done anything over it? Not that I know of. Yeah. but I mean, it's I wouldn't. Sometimes I don't know things. Is but. that park still there and that sick? Yeah, like with yeah, all this but wooden not stuff the wood. St- I don't think oh, the wood yeah. stuff. No wood stuff. There. Yeah, that, like, that no. The Trey's holding a jam there in like a week or two. Yeah, dude, I've always wanted to go there. Yeah, I've never been. Yeah, there. I wanted. Oh, when it's I saw summer. that, I wanted to go to that. But I'm Trey's having a jam at the Yeah, sick. Like, yeah, this is like Claremont. There's On like the a Claremont Wood section, and then there's a whole snake run. Shout out to shout out to Joe Tizio. Rest in peace. Yeah, fucking yeah. two. Winkleman two, in this two too. We lost. Yeah. yeah, two yeah. guys we lost in this. That's a shame. Damn, and just in this session. Look at that spine me. I think it was like seven feet tall. Seven. That stuff's all still there, right? Yeah, yeah. All the concrete stuff is still Dude. There. That one was perfect, though. 
Is that, so you'll take, can I take that one? <laughs> <laughs> you were on it. No feet, no feet came off. You're good. You're like, I'm it right here. It doesn't matter that I case. That was it. You did it. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Feet and. Uh, it didn't matter back then. No, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I just always thought it was funny. I was like, oh, yeah. This is, oh, I mean. Oh, dude. Yeah. Watch, is that see. shit still there? Look. No, that building's not there. Look how fucking wild that is. Fuck. That's funny. Yeah. We just got to, like, I think we need to focus. We're just, like, watching Road Fools now. That okay, happens. Well, dude, we don't. Now we, we don't just watch Road Fools. We don't bad. care. Live our lives. We're, we're literally. This we're, is my dream. This podcast, <laughs> this, this podcast is going downhill. Yeah. Nah, we don't fucking care. Um, he's, just, he's just leading us up to this. The no, nah, we already saw it. Um, but, 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 what else I got on my list here? What other controversial questions? Let's talk about the Slim Jim commercial. <laughs> What do you want to know about it? All right, made a lot so, of money off that commercial. Yeah, did nice. you? How much money did you make? Off Hold on, that? let's get let's get the story first. Is that the so you did this you did this ice pick. I didn't get it from your props interview, so we could actually just pull that up. Um, props. You said props interview. Yeah, it was, uh, in my props it was a fucking big ass ice pick yeah. on a rail. Yeah, and it was so long that you're probably thinking like, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking loop out. And just fucking sack the fuck out of this, aren't I? I was thinking that. Yeah, probably. No, I wasn't thinking that. That's what happened. That's not what I was thinking. Hey, dude, you, it was such a long ice pick. I feel like you're just like, no, please, like the entire time. Like it is one of those oh, while ones he was on it. Yeah, while I was uh, on it. Yeah, not like not uh, be, not before you jumped on it. Um, yeah, I don't really remember, but I I do remember that I I uh, so I tried to ice pick the rail. I think me and Losi were shooting for a poster for a ride, and um. I tried to ice pick it. I loop out, just basically jump down like a 20 stair (laughs) (laughs) straight to like a kink like this, just like end up looping out and just full, full anal to the, to the rail and to the kink. Like, and, uh, I remember just laying, laying in the field, like, like in pain and thinking that I was going to crap my pants. Like, but I didn't care. It hurt that bad that I was just, I released all like inhibitions and was ready to just like crap my pants (laughs) in the middle of this field, but it didn't happen. I guess it just felt like I had to do that. So then, then it's like Losi and Glenn Milligan, like in this field and I'm like panicking because like I can't feel anything and it's like super painful. I don't know what's going on. You thought you, I think you there was blood too. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was just a, a painful, scary scene. So I like pull my pants down and and I'm just standing there, fully bent over in the middle of this like soccer field, <laughs> at the bottom of this rail, and like Losi and Glenn are like 20 feet away. And I'm just like, Yo, am I all right? Do Do I need to go to the hospital? And they're just like. I don't know, man. Yeah, let's just go to the hospital. Let's just go to the hospital. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna look at that. I've I've heard Glenn. I've heard Glenn tell this yeah. story, and he he makes it sound like he's a lot closer. And he he's like, I he was like, he's like, oh, you're fucked. Like, yeah, I don't know. The details are fuzzy. So I mean, clearly, I was uh, worried about other things. Than so how you go to you go to the hospital. Yeah, I go to the hospital. I mean, I had the you know they they check me out with the rubber glove and and all that fun stuff, and then. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like torn. I luckily I, I didn't actually end up needing any stitches, but I I tore my asshole and I was sitting on a donut for a couple weeks. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that makes my stomach hurt. So then that I mean, so that happens, and then how many months later does the props interview come out? Uh, I don't. I have no you idea. Six months. Or I have no idea how long the props point. interviews came out. But uh, <laughs> they. Uh, uh, 
the props interview came out at some point, but then it, but it, <laughs> it was actually years later. It was like, it was like a two or three years later that Slim Jim, someone from yeah. Slim Jim saw this, somehow saw that clip in a, in a props and, huh. and they like reached out to props to buy the clip for a Slim Jim commercial. And they like edited. So, this but didn't, but didn't they pass it? They didn't take the money. I think they put it to Glenn, right? They they pass them on to Glenn because of Glenn's footage. No, they. The, it was actually really cool what Marco did. So okay. Marco, but basically they reached out the props because it was the props footage, and then Marco basically shared the wealth. He's yeah. like, well, Van took it to the butt. Yeah. Uh, Glenn filmed the clip, so he just we all got a piece of it. Okay. Like so, I don't know how it was exactly distributed, but I ended up making like I think it was close to twenty grand off that commercial. Like I got like kind of like residuals from it. So like at first I got a couple big checks and then at one point I had moved and I guess for some reason they couldn't forward the checks to the new address, but I didn't know that. I just thought they stopped. You know, I thought they were, all right, I made a bunch of, I made like 14 grand off that commercial. Cool. I'm psyched. I didn't know they were still coming. And then like one day this like random envelope just shows up like a FedEx envelope and it's got like 20 checks in it. Uh, and they were just like like they were smaller than the first few they big were ones, still coming to your add, last address but they added up to like six grand like yeah, there was dude. like 20 checks that added up to like another six grand was it and I was worth like, it i mean that's so I, I would 20 probably, grand to take a day of misery and a donut sitting i, I mean it was a happy ending it's i don't more know that for i would less. do it again yeah. i don't know that i would do it again <laughs> like that's fucking all sack yeah. for 20 grand <laughs> like, so it'd when, be hard to get yourself to do it but <laughs> if you knew that was i mean if i knew the outcome was going to be exactly as it was sure i would do it again but i would never do that on purpose because that could have been so much worse like oh, yeah. i always oh, think yeah, about if dude, i would have that just, clip i've seen that clip somehow that was I'm, way before my generation, but yeah. that is the worst sack I've ever seen, ever. I just think I'm so lucky that it was the back and not the like. Front, if I would have yeah. got, you hit your tailbone though, because that's what makes you want to poop yourself. I mean, it hurt like hell, but like imagine if that was the front stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't want that. That would have could have been a little replacement surgery. That could have been, <laughs> that could have been a bad scene. One, uh, so when so they hit you up and yeah. like, all right, we want to use this footage for a Slim Jim commercial. What are you thinking the Slim the commercial is going to be? Oh, I don't care. You don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so when too bad, it's like all right. So but when it, television, they can't but when it shit came, anyway. but when it comes out. I mean, this is literally, this is, this is all I could find. Yeah. They dressed some guy up in the same outfit I was wearing. You've seen this commercial, right? Yeah. And they put a helmet on him. Dennis, have you seen this commercial? I I think Glenn might have. I spent a lot of time with Glenn. Oh, okay. In the beginning of my riding. The only part that's actually me is when I'm on the rail and I'm crashing. They like, they like had someone pose as me. And this is like all. The the quality is fake. Like that's not me. Like that's some random dude. I I wasn't even (laughs) wearing a helmet in the clip. Like, like this is just some random dude. Just put a flannel on. It's the only similar thing. Yeah. And then, then now it's me. God. And now it's not me again when they film back up. That's yeah, some I've random thing. Honestly, I might have seen that on cable. Maybe, I've yeah. That. It yeah. played a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 20 uh, is that rail right by Woodward? No, so that rail, that rail is like that rail is at a church. Like, so this is where the story gets more interesting. There's more layers. Oh, cool. My stupid question leads to interest. So that's that's where it was at some like Catholic school or Catholic church or something, and someone from the church saw it and actually tried to sue for for like us this being. I don't know. They tried to sue. They tried to sue Slim Jim. Yeah, and then it was like Slim Jim was like, "We didn't film that." Yeah. He'll go over to Marco. Yeah. And Marco was like, I didn't film that. 
goes to Glenn. <laughs> and Glenn gets the heat for a little bit, and I don't know where the fuck it goes. I think it all blew over. Yeah, I think we were like a little nervous a for a second, yeah. but it all blew over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 20 grand, bloody buttholes, and a lawsuit. Yeah. Man, that's a good, that's a good commercial. I, said, I didn't expect any of those scenarios when I... And I think back then, back then too, like superimposing somebody else's head on somebody was like... they they can do that you know like whenever this whenever that is just like yeah didn't have your face involved yeah yeah no, like that's definitely weird, good like that's nice they did that uh, they probably had to pay way more the they probably did that for the actor got less than you did <laughs> probably not yeah. speaking roles uh i think that's well i wanted to i mean it kind of circles what back talk about yeah what do you want to talk about van enough about what we want to talk about list of emailed questions to himself talk about Wow, Are you, you clowning on me? No. You guys put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I think we covered it. I mean, I think I'm um, I'm just excited about the uh, next chapter here. I'm excited on what I'm doing for Source, and I'm excited to go to Paris. And Who are the gatekeepers of BMX? All that comes to the gatekeepers? Oh, no. It's a fucking <laughs> Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> the more you get into BMX... Like I can't believe like the people I know and stuff. And Colin said Colin Varniak said a lot in his uh podcast. It's pretty funny who you see like you know, BMX is like a very uh open canvas. Like it's it can be ran in a lot of cool directions because yeah. like the generation that was running it is all kind of stepped away. Yeah. You know, and that's like what Colin's seeing. He's like yeah. there's people still like yeah. like older heads still in there, which is great. But uh there's a lot of people that have like cool opportunities to do a lot of yeah. cool things right now like van being getting yeah. the source job and you doing the olympics like it's it's a great time for these people from like your generation mm-hmm. to kind of step up and yeah do some, have some really cool opportunities to get, fill some shoes that that is a that i have a question based on yeah. that what is your advice for people that love bmx that not necessarily pro riders but you know included obviously that want to have a career in it and what can they do to work towards doing something, anything within BMX? Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just passion really, truly. I mean, I, I don't think like, honestly, if you, if you don't love BMX, there's easier ways to make a living. So I think people are going to find their niche if, if BMX is what they, they love to do. Like, I feel like I was lucky enough to have the talent to, to ride professionally, but I really think if I hadn't been, I was so passionate about BMX that I would have been a photographer or a product designer or or something. I don't know what direction I would have went in, but I knew I wanted to be part of that like lifestyle and that culture. So I think, I mean, I think if that's the direction you want to go, then just be involved. And pretty much what Moller said, like, if you love your industry, it's easy. You know, because you yeah. love it. So you're going to find something to do with it or be successful in something in your industry if you just really, truly love it. Yeah, and I, I think just be involved. I mean, I think even opportunities in the latter part of my career are by being involved. Like, just go b- be active in your industry, in your sport, you know, whatever it, whatever it is. Just go to events, hang out with people, ride your bike, you know. Um, you know, and maybe that grows, I think, like, you know, getting some of those opportunities that I had, but like never saying no or just putting on your own events or your own jams or, or whatever it is. Like just just be be active. Be present. Do something. Yeah. Just show up. <laughs> I, was I mean, you said earlier is like you have an you have an opportunity to say yes. And that is yeah. that is something that I've always uh, 
subscribe to is that is like don't good opportunity well i mean uh, you have no fucking idea until you're through it you know like sometimes i'm like sometimes you never do you can make some a common sense choice and be like this isn't i will say here so i'll I'll use an example just before you said even even if you're in a shitty opportunity there could be someone around you that is like yeah this fucking sucks right now but if you put your best foot forward and you and you do your best and you keep a keep a good attitude during that shitty opportunity somebody's over there going like damn he's fucking not being an asshole when he should be right now and then they have an opportunity down the road and they're like yeah that guy was good that's true this brings up two two points true this brings up two points there's definitely stuff that like has happened over the years where i've talked to people and like you know even something as simple as a sponsorship opportunity like where someone brings up a name and all it takes is for someone to go and you're on to the next one. Exactly. You don't even have to say exactly. anything bad, but that person just, they're not yeah. an over oversounding like, yes. It's There's something like, eh. missing in their resume that the other mm-hmm. people have covered. He, so, he bitched so, about the fucking lunch one too many times. So right there, that, that, can, that can hurt you. And two, I think there is challenging decisions sometimes like that I still don't know like what, like, so some of the stuff that I did for the UCI, like in the beginning, like some of the consulting things, like I was debating, like if I wanted to, to do those opportunities, because it was kind of like, I felt like we were kind of giving away our years of knowledge and experience in a sense for Mm. like, like, and we weren't really getting much in return for it, you know, and it was like, am I okay with this? You know, but then I think we made the events better. And then I ended up in Tokyo for three years because of that. Like I would have never, like there was one critical meeting that I was like debating. Like I was at a really pivotal, I was like struggling financially. I, I made a conscious decision where like, I'm not doing events or like doing stuff. If I'm not getting paid anymore, I can't, I have to like, I have to like value myself and have like a, a, a rate and like, I can't just do this stuff, you know? And I really made a conscious decision to do that. And then this one opportunity came to go there and kind of consult over some stuff, but we, we weren't getting paid. We were just getting sent there. And then, you know, that meant we could do the judging gigs, which we did get paid for and things like that. So it was like, but I was like, man, I don't know. Yeah. And then kind of like breaking even by the end, or it's like you break down the the money you're getting paid for a week of your life. Yeah. But long story short, I I, I debated that. I wasn't sure I had like an internal conflict. If, if I wanted to like, offer my services for what the little I was getting in return. But ultimately I got a lot in return, Mm -hmm. you know? So those types of decisions can be hard because like sometimes what you're looking at in front of you doesn't make sense, but then there's something big, but sometimes, sometimes that is going to be the end stop, but sometimes it's going to go further. And I think that was what I was talking about earlier where I kept trying to like do those things because one of those things was going to go further. Yeah. Like, like, and then, I don't know. It's very true. No, you you're right. A few good opportunities. This is where my point comes. Like, if you have a few opportunities, oh, Dennis, was just no, no, not it doesn't have to be good. But what if you, what if you had like a few and and you said yes to all of them and you did all of them like seventy five percent? You know, that's where I was coming. Oh yeah, from. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, that's like no. you, there is times in lots of people's lives where they might have a few little opportunities to change their life and they have to pick one. No, you're hundred percent. So you no, do 100%. have to sometimes like. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. what I was just saying because I have a few friends, you know, like they they might not they're not all great opportunities, but you know I see that happening with people in their thirties where they have to pick a, one of the 
Yeah. Anybody that's, that's going, fair. Anybody that's, say yes to well, everything. I guess, I guess it's what junction you're at in your life too. Like when I was at a junction where I was trying to create something, then, then I guess I was trying to say more, yes to more things because I was hoping that one of those things led to something bigger. Yeah. But I guess once you have like now, now I have some good opportunities with source and with the Olympics and things. So, a little more so it's easier now. to yeah. say no to something yeah. so you can focus on the other. Yeah. There's that yeah. aspect when you start to, you're going to have a few good opportunities or like when you're, you're, you're at a uh, crossroads in your life and you know, yeah, you I mean, yes my, my, right, my, right. my advice and my advice, but do some shit out of your comfort zone. I like that. It's yeah. like, I think kind of the, my advice in that situation story. is that if you can, if you realize you can't put all your effort into it, then don't bother, you yeah, know, that's like where if, I was if you can say, put yeah. it, if you can, if you can only put it in, in a couple of areas, focus on those areas and fi- figure out which ones are more. Yeah. Cause you could do you this know. really cool thing that's out of your comfort zone. And like you're saying, yeah. like it makes you look badass. but if you're doing a few things real shitty, yeah. it might make you look like everyone's looking what's at the, you like, what's you're the not old, really that good at anything. Cause you're just worn out. The old dad saying, whereas if it's worth doing, it's worth trying or something like that. Like well, it's if it's worth, it? if it's uh if it's worth doing, then it's worth putting your all into it or something like that. Some, that's true. Like, if it's yeah. worth doing, then it is worth putting your all into it. But yeah, yeah you can't do th- to put your all into too much or you yeah. won't be putting your all into it. Leap. Then you're making shitty podcast edits. <laughs> so, uh, <What>? I don't <laughs> know. That's me. I was just me just being modeloed out. <laughs> he's had two modelos. I've had three. Oh, he's up to three. <laughs> and I don't drink, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a pretty skinny dude, too. So. I'm skinny. Yeah. I'm skinny. Um, what else we got? Little devil. I like nighttime drinking podcast. Yeah. Been, my favorite. Scariest thing you ever done scariest thing i've ever on or off the bike done. off the bike and on the bike two i got two questions on this one. Nice. <laughs> um i guess i'll go on the bike first um maybe maybe that whip over the rail dennis was talking about earlier is probably up there with one of the scarier the scarier things i mean or maybe the manual gap to rail criminal banger like both both criminal mischief and stay fit bangers maybe are up there up there the criminal mischief one is just mind-boggling to me because that raw footage makes it just seem like it's fucking tuesday it was just it's a tuesday, tuesday. <laughs> 1 p.m. it was just a tuesday, tuesday 1 p.m like oh fuck let me eat this sandwich and then i'll go do this it kind of is, is not far off from that because actually <laughs> like, like, what happened was literally the one the most i would argue one of the more legendary clip top 20 clips of all time that it has yet to been yet to be duplicated nobody has ever duplicated that clip and the raw footage that has been posted literally looks like Oh, okay, you're gonna do this. Oh, okay. Oh, you're gonna take a couple run ups. Okay, I'll film. Because he was just doing crazy <laughs> Are you shit ready? every day. Like, okay. So it was just like, all right, yeah. another crazy van thing. Like, no one knows like how it's crazy insane. it is until 20 years later when we're still talking about it. What happened was on that day, like, I was actually going to, this is when I still thought I was gonna go to college. And I was going to like a community college uh, near, near where I was living. And, uh, Garrett Burns was like meeting me at my house. So we were going to go ride after I got done class. And f- that thing was like right around the corner from my house. And, and I'd like been looking at it. And I remember Derek Adams even telling me, he was like, man, he's like, when I, after I did it, he was like surprised. Cause you know, I would look at a lot of things and talk about a lot of things about, he just like, he said, man, I didn't think this one was actually happening. I thought you were full of shit with this one. But like I was driving home from class and for whatever reason, I just got it in my head that like, this is, this is, 
now like i'm doing this when i get back and my like hands started sweating like driving mm -hmm. back and i just walked into the door i was like yo garrett grab the camera like i'm i got some i got something i want to do and then like it's crazy thinking back on that too because it's like fully just bro cam footage yeah. like we like that's just Gar garrett the ones not a film like we didn't like we just like you would hand the camera to anyone and do the craziest shit you ever did in your life. Like, it's like insane. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like I would never, like, as I got older, I would never, ever do that. But like back then we just didn't even think about it. It just like, it didn't matter who someone's filming it. Like it's almost like, the way though, because when you're pumped, man, that's yeah, that, moment. that day that you feel great and you're feeling it, you know, cause when you plan stuff out for so long, like you get there that day with that sick filmer and you're like, Ah, it's not the fucking day, <laughs> but yeah. I gotta do it. Like, yeah, I mean, how know? do how do you even think of that? Honestly, how do you think of just like, oh, it's not a good setup? Like, I feel like, like, oh, it'd be sick if there was like a better runway. Ninety nine point nine percent. Yeah, I don't know. It just made sense to me, and I, maybe that's why it worked. Maybe because it was close to my house, and because yeah. I like, oh, there's a gap to rail, but oh, there's a curb in the way. Like, so I'm, maybe I don't even remember now, yeah. but I'm just thinking my brain just adapted. Well, then you just you have to manual it. Then you know, like I don't know. <laughs> We should put out a challenge, like you said, that that kind of clip hasn't been duplicated, yeah. even close, and especially not on a savage spot I mean, like that. Like if anyone you know, could do you know that, what I thought like, would be good. Some, here's a crazy idea. Okay, like I'm gonna like about the pitch a crazy idea. I would just like to see someone, in. In. someone do this in general. Like, and if someone wants to do it for my Corona mischief part, let it rip. But I would love to see a tribute parts i've, so I've like, thought about this so you have before. riders they can either go to the and, and like this is where you're like encouraging a one-up yeah so you can like either go to the same spot and like one-up it or you can like just find a similar spot and do a similar trick like it, it doesn't have to be the same spot but try and have, make a same part like, but, have, yeah. but not the same rider have it be like every yeah. every clip is a different rider oh so it's like you would this gets in so too, like that's a too much or maybe not every, how many riders have we got maybe not every clip <laughs> like a like, crew like that can but think be about that it if you pick, like if you pick just any any video part that's you know iconic and you just like get a crew of guys however many guys i mean what you, you could pick 30 guys i mean how many clips does a video part have 40 50 clips 30 to 40, for a yeah. long 40, one 50 different talented riders all trying that's a lot of yeah fucking, but everybody's got their own specialty i mean you organize the whole olympics so but everybody's you're looking got their at this stuff specialties. like this is easy i'm not saying <laughs> to me i'm really, like this, all right, where, do, fuck, where do we, we put the judging about? tower i've just thought i've just thought <laughs> this would be like a that's cool, an amazing idea a cool thing to i see. think it's more realistic if like one rider kind of like always idolized this guy and he got really good and he can go like try and replicate that part i don't know man i like the idea of it being different right i mean who the fuck knows 45 talented riders that could be like get clips from your criminal mischief part this is are you telling me that are you 40 guys, guys can't film the part i filmed as <laughs> I, don't, guy I don't think so dude. i don't think so i think that's why you are who you are i really don't so even know if that's possible so you think you take i don't think we can coordinate that i don't think we can coordinate that even though you coordinate all the stuff you do it's gonna take 40 guys and they still can't do what i did 20 years you're ago. gonna have to line it up and find these riders and like because i don't i could never do that i really be like i don't I don't think the talent field goes that deep. Uh, it easily, <laughs> I have. I, I, I don't I've, fucking think so, man. I easily does. I think that the idea of recreating a video part and it, it was like a fuck. I can't remember. We had somebody that was like the perfect example of this, where it wasn't necessarily like setups that you needed to find. You know, because like a, a setup is most of your criminal mister part is like kind of hard to you know the the 
pull over, you know, ride on a ledge, pull over to the rail. You know, like you need to find that setup. But like finding, yeah, a, it'd be hard. Yeah, finding it'd finding a, a there was a I can't remember off the top of my like head, an, but a, it was an like, LA dude that was like within the last five years or something, and all the spots are still there. Yeah, a lot but, of them are still there, but a lot of them are, are they? gotta buy a ticket to the east coast every other month and look for these spots (laughs) like dude this is a hard fucking challenge but i'm not saying it was easy i'm just saying it would be cool fuck i could post it i'll post a clip tomorrow with the or i'll post i'll post i'll post a clip i'll post a clip the the criminal the criminal mischief banger with this with this clip and then say and just do the trick challenge the instagram trick challenge like literally manual bonk to to gap to rail i don't i don't want to encourage i think I qualifying only, for the olympics would be easier than replicating that they want to do it i'm not encouraging this, this yeah of is, course they want to do it why the fuck else would you want to do it for a hundred dollars don't send it for ryan fudger's hundred dollars <laughs> is no oh, you're not paying it's worth it <laughs> i'll throw in 50 there you go 150 i only want people to do it because they want to do it that's. I mean, I think. I think it's for 150 bucks. You want to do it <laughs> for literally um, do it. the trick challenging is always funny because it's like it's supposed to be. People talk about the money like, oh fuck, it should be a thousand dollars. Yeah, it should be, but I have a hundred, and it's just bringing up the conversation and letting people appreciate how this trick is really hard people that was done a long time ago. A little, you know, a little but, money helps the motivation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Tosh Gap got redone. Which Tosh one? Gap? The one at Ray's. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like it's that, cool. like shit, like that is like it's cool because everybody like appreciated mm-hmm. how fucking crazy it is, and everybody talked about it. Yeah, and then a dude finally got it done. Like that's that's what it's all about. Like the the Alex did one, the and then the Nyquist one was obviously the best one. Nyquist? The fucking oh, yeah. the half the yeah. half bar to two to half bar out. Oh yeah, amazing. that was amazing. So and I actually probably owe him more money because that YouTube video did really well. So I owe him more money. Where his son was like working on half bars. I think like me, Matias, and someone else. I think it was like three hundred and fifty bucks when he if he landed his first bar spin before like January, Uh and he did it. We all just send him the Vidmo. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! But he's born into that. Hell yeah! Um, oh, what else we got on this list? Um, being a pro now versus back in the day, easier or harder? (sighs) Um. This, uh, obviously, this is coming off a very uh, poignant conversation with Moeller about, uh, I don't know, you said you didn't get all the way through the podcast. Yeah. So just drop today for everybody. Um, that's a good question. Um, and I don't know. I guess it depends on who you are. Mm-hmm. To me, to me, like being a pro in modern day seems a little bit more complicated, but there's also like a lot of pros and cons. I do like the fact that there's a lot more outlets to produce media, but I also dislike the fact that there seems to be a lower level of appreciation for things like everything's just so disposable now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's good and bad. There's a place for everything, but content feels disposable it just feels like it feels like you couldn't even do a criminal mischief now like no matter how good of a part you put out no matter how progressive it was it's not going to have the impact not because what i did was that much more impactful than what riders are doing today but because media is just different you know so it it it's just harder to have that to pack that punch and everything's so watered down that it's it's harder for pros to be to, to matter as much you yeah. know yeah i mean that's i mean literally the other guy walking in that had you know the right here has whatever two million views on on youtube and it's like 
but as soon as you get done watching that you go and watch another video you know right, like right. you it wasn't like seek and destroy was like on yeah you just wear those VHS for like tapes two out. months because it was the best video you had for until you got the next video that took a while sometimes. yeah i mean you're lucky if like a few videos a year came out yeah. you know like yeah. it's like you had props and you maybe got a few videos a year so i mean that stuff was just watched on repeat so again i think it's again i'm repeating myself but i think it's good because the, now there's a place for everything but the quality content is is watered down and doesn't have that staying power that yeah. it used to yeah. so i feel like my fear or the question the question was uh oh is it is it harder to be a pro back in the day or now so i think it just depends on who you are that's literally with the first thing he said that's yeah. funny that's funny that you said that but i think it might have been easier yeah. for some sort of pros back then and i think it's easier now for some sort of pros yeah. now like i think it's harder for people to appreciate just really good bike riding you know I like know. i feel i, I feel like really good bike riding really good bike riders are fucking appreciated i don't know dude felix so lewis those dudes were just really good it's undeniable and all they got to do is be really good because that's yeah, how good those they are good are. examples but like reiki's reiki's johnny's is, really good it's fucking amazing yeah but, but, but he's think blowing about up it. he's blowing up dude this know, last man. like six months watch Johnny's he is he has guy. he has been blowing up but he's These been, guys who are really good for like three years no but now it's like it's different it's it's happening yeah. right now. It is interesting it's though, right I, now. Like, and I don't think this is a new problem. Yeah. But I do think it's interesting because like I used to say like way back in the day, it doesn't matter how good you are, someone has to care. And for some reason, there's certain riders that like just can't break through that like that that one barrier and like yeah. maybe Johnny's one of them, maybe he's not. Nah, but, he's like, coming. But we like we have we have good examples he's here. He's like from Jersey, like Jeff Slaughterly is a perfect example of that. He he made it. I mean, he was the man. Yeah. And like he did okay for a little bit, but he never broke that like that, that next threshold. level he needed yeah. to be like a legitimate pro with a, a lot legitimate of guys, salary. Sure. Randy Brown. Like yeah. never in our, in our never, down here, it's like, you know, like Mike Gray's kind of been one of those yeah. guys and Connor yeah. Lodes. Yeah. yeah. Lotus. Yeah. Yeah. He gets mad because I messed his last name yeah. up and I've known him for 15 That's years. That's rude. Connor Lotus. <laughs> but there's rude. like those dudes who are like, damn, like they just didn't like break through to that yeah. nice uh, shoe sponsor or energy, like yeah. that next level. It's Jeff, like was, nice. Jeff was one of those guys. Yeah, Jeff As was soon as Market Zero was over and like I think United might have been ending, he was like, I can't, you know. It's, yeah. That's it. Like, well, and, and that's what it's, it's, it's maybe it's just a harsh reality of our industry or, or any sport in general. Like, especially our little sport, I think. It's like yeah. A, yeah. I yeah, think there's parallels niche, between anything, core sport, the, but, but like football and all that stuff. There's all these people yeah. that, that made a shitload of, you know, they made money or they just barely graced it and touched it. And then that was it. But yeah. it's obviously on a bigger level. I was going to say football, but, you do one but year the, and you're like, but there, there's stories of those money. dudes being homeless on the street too. You mm -hmm. know, like yeah. it's all the same, you know, there's, yeah, but just, I don't know. How can't fast do. you spend that money. Yeah. So, okay. Hard question. What else? That's a good question. Um, I think football is way different, though. <laughs> yeah, like, that may have been, that may have been wrong. That like may have been wrong. Hold on, where's my beer? Man. I need to take another drink for saying something dumb. <laughs> Go birds. It's just that's like that. Oh yeah, true. Eagles. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, did uh, Eagles? Wait, what the hell was just going on in normal people sports? Oh, soccer. Uh, Philadelphia and San 
Padres, you guys beat us right after yeah. I left Philadelphia. Yeah, the guy hit the, the ball. Padres got yeah, the and I, my friends yeah, were like, the "You're gonna win." I was like, "Dude, <laughs> I was just in Philadelphia. I'm like, I'm at the at the spot. And it's getting dark, and like the chorus street riders are there. Like chocolate truck dudes are like, first pitch is at seven thirty, and that's why I was like, "Hey, that team's gonna beat us because like they fuck with their like no no core BMX riders are saying like Padres first pitch at seven thirty. I'm yeah, like, they are I'm behind out. that team. Like Philly's a passionate that's why i said i was like there's no way we're beating that team like everyone in that city is like at that game getting down like (laughs) rooting for him anyways that uh what what uh what's like the the heyday for you is it is it the criminal mischief days is it the fit days is it like the you know like everybody has their salad days where it was like even just like going out with the boys and you guys felt like every session was just like fucking awesome like yeah it's right now yeah no i think um i wish that'd be sick no i don't know about i I really did enjoy like the holy fit era Mm -hmm. and i i enjoyed even after that like i think my early to mid 30s in general i really enjoyed because i was really comfortable with myself both as a person and a rider Mm -hmm. um but i was still kind of living that pro-life and that pro-freedom and uh, um so i think it was just a really good really good era for me because i i just had a lot of fun because i again i was i was comfortable with myself as a human i was comfortable as with myself as a rider and uh yeah i was just i was just really enjoying it i was just really enjoying it so i think yeah my early mid 30s were were a really good really good time that's cool. That's cool because you'd, you'd you'd expect it to be that those criminal mischief days, you know. So no, I think there was more pressure then. You know, like yeah. as, as much as you might not think so, I think I like, you know, I felt like I had something to prove, and I I felt like I was like hard on myself, like you know, to to ride at a certain level or to produce certain clips or content, and you know, it was like even like we were just watching that Kona Gap. Or I remember I almost didn't go on that road full seven because i was so burnt out i just got back from a trip to australia when we were filming for criminal mischief and then i like had a really bad hipper and my body was just destroyed and like you know i remember calling marco and telling him i wasn't going on that trip and he like talked me into going on road full seven and and uh, you were the star i mean you were effectively the star of those you You, know because there was the joke like oh van homan my 26th road fools like (laughs) It's it's really funny to think too because I remember one of the reasons too that I didn't considering how media is nowadays mm-hmm. one of the reasons I didn't want to go on the trip aside from the fact that I was burnt out and my body was beat up was that like I was just on the last three road fools people are sick of seeing me mm-hmm. like I I'm like I need to take a break someone else should go on this trip because like you know I felt like I was on like four or five and six. So I was like, oh, it's time to give someone else a turn, you know, like, and I felt like people were going to get annoyed with seeing me. And that's like hilarious to think now because you have this video that like what those videos came out over the course of probably at least two years, if not three. Yeah. Like, and and I'm like, now, now it's like literally like post something every day, you know? And I was like, oh, they just saw me six months ago. Like, (laughs) yeah, there's literally people seeing what other people had for breakfast every single day, like stuff like that. Now, you know, your kit is out of control right now. Like members only the glasses. 
Kit? And just re- yeah, you're really throwing me. What's members only? I mean, it just kind of looks like it. it's a Vans jacket, I know. It's but... a fucking windbreaker. <laughs> and I can finally see clear. I'm loving it. I'm like, damn, dude. I've really never seen any of these pictures, like, clear. This is so <laughs> nice. I swear to God, I'm like, this is amazing. You ever seen the Vic table? No, I've looked at it like 10 times. I'm like, dude, that is so clear looking now. I feel like All people definitely Polaroids aren't listening are to so us anymore. Sick. No, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> I, yeah, said, I feel like people definitely there's gonna be com- to There's going to be comments. Like, oh, they, He's no more a motel. be a couple. <laughs> yeah, no more Modelo. Have you, made it, have you made it this far? Yeah. What is members only? Like a members only jacket? Yeah, you know. know kind of like a smoker's jacket, like a like a stylish like It's stylish. Know. It is stylish. Yeah, okay. It is just yeah. a, I'm just saying it's your kit. It's like a It's a windbreaker but yeah. members only. Yeah. <laughs> um only. Is there anything else? I feel like I feel like if we're having van on the podcast I feel, I feel like, like we're done and then like something yeah. else like sparks well, and then it leads to a story. Yeah. Tell us a story, van. That's not how I this do, works. I do have to pee. There's n- that honey jack out there. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have more beer. So. All right. Should we wrap this up? What are we doing? All right. We're still going. Pee. I mean, do you? Do you ever do intermissions? Yeah. Can we do an intermission? Yeah. Let's pause. Yeah. Okay. We uh, went outside. Took a little pause. Took a little pause. I turned off the light on accident which is connected to the sound recorder and i hit the microphone and then we went outside and now the podcast is over we're done i think so all right i loved it that was great yeah great uh (laughs) monday night or whatever it is yeah tuesday night yeah i don't think i don't know about modelos and me yeah (laughs) you did great you did great all right i'll bring tequila next time (laughs) yeah right oh my god i'd die uh if there is time before the end of your trip i would love to just sit down and what we could uh, watch a video of my choice and a video of your choice. We could mm. watch like Trailblazing. We would watch something else. <laughs> okay, something something random. If you're if you're free, like cool. uh, another un- unclicked kind of yeah, just like a video vault thing. Like the thing we were gonna do yeah. with Mike, but it didn't work out. Like it'd be cool to do something like that. Keep it under an hour. Sounds great. Something cool. I'll come just back like over for that. Yeah, yeah. So something mellow. Cool. But if there is time, yeah, so, let me know. But, I'm uh, into it. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. Hopefully. Uh, Everyone out there in listening land, hopefully uh, I had something interesting to say to you, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed our podcast here on rbmx.com. <laughs> you still yeah. said, uh, do the like and subscribe thing. Oh, like and subscribe. Yeah, no, 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 better. All right, I'd like to thank everyone out there in listening <laughs> land for being here at rbmx.com. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, and we'll see you next time here with Ryan Fudger and Dennis Anderson. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> thank you, man. You're the man. There you go. That was the enthusiasm. Literally the man, the myth, the legend right here. No better. <laughs>